Hey everybody, welcome to Street Fight Radio. Sunday night, time for a Street Fight call-in show. That number to dial is 614-655-3887. We want to hear from you. And uh, all that you do, essential workers, uh, bad bosses, anything that's happening in your life, we want to hear about your strife. We're Street Fight Radio. We do this every single week. Sunday nights from 9 to midnight Eastern Standard Time if you ever want to call in. You can also watch the show by heading over to Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, or YouTube and following Street Fight Radio. Uh, You'll get notifications on those platforms when it happens. And uh, if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, head over to Twitch. They give you one free sub subscription. You can funnel that that money towards Street Fight Radio. Once again, if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, follow Street Fight on Twitch. Use your free Prime subscription on Street Fight Radio. We get that money. Uh, My name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. We're the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. We've been doing it for a very long time now, nine years. And uh, we're glad that this community has grown, gotten bigger and better, and spreading this mess across the U.S. We've been blessed for sure. And we'll be coming to you live eventually. But for now, we have all kinds of digital ways to interact with the show. If you head to patreon.com slash streetfightradio, we've got zines. we got the metal zine coming out. We've got the parenting zine. The small business tyrant zine just came out. Uh, Brian and I are working on a heavy metal podcast called 100 Million Tons of Steel. And if you like that, that logo work that's all done by uh, Dan Christensen and obelisk on Instagram. Uh, one of our favorite artists to work with. And, uh, that is what we're working on at the moment. And we're trying to do more things with the TV show, get that up and running by the end of this month. And we're also, this is the first time we've announced it and you're not going to get any details at all, but on August 28th, the last Friday of this month, We're doing a live benefit show. We're going to do a live stream uh, to raise money for charity, one that we haven't chosen yet, and to raise money uh, for the staff of Littlefield in New York City, uh, our our home hometown venue there in New York City. Littlefield uh, reached out to us. What? Sorry, I can't say hometown. No, you're looking at. You're you're not paying attention. I am listening. I'm. I apologize. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, we're doing a live stream later this month. Please, what's so funny, Brian? <laughs> it's, it's a face act picture of Steve Harvey. Okay. That, and it just fucking... <laughs> I'm sorry. I got to get my shit together. That was really unprofessional. <laughs> you know how sometimes you just see something? Catches you off guard. It does. I was going to send it to you. Look, just peek around the corner. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Steve Harvey with like, they they swap his mustache for his eyebrows. And <laughs> there's no eyebrows in some of them. Okay, I'm done. I'm, okay. I'm done. Okay. We'll get that to the listeners. We'll make sure that's. It's in the newsletter. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to Jason real quick. Qu- put it on OBS. Okay, I'm gonna full screen this picture. It's Luke is amazing. I actually did his podcast recently uh, about Star Wars. 
Okay, I'm going to send a picture through Facebook so everybody can see the picture that I just so rudely fucked the intro to the show up. Because <laughs> Steve Harvey without eyebrows. <laughs> Steve Harvey without eyebrows and a mustache is what hit me. It, it hit me too hard, man. Uh, and well, thanks for every, thank you everybody that tuned into the show. Uh, we are working on a lot and... Uh, Glad to take your calls. Uh, how's your week been, Brian? Okay, okay. I have had a, uh, you know, my car's not done yet, which is tough. I'm still waiting for that. And, um, hmm, I'm trying to think. Something did happen this week that was a little bit fucked up. Okay. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not like, I went out, I went for a very long walk on Friday. And, um, I saw, I, I saw the people at the bars wall to wall. Yeah. People at these bars, just, they are out there. They're out there doing it, you know? And here's what I think now, here's where I'm at now. You hang out outside and yeah, for sure. You try to. I mean, six feet is a thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. But if you're around people that you're friends with and stuff, just be a little further away than you normally would and just hang out outside. Everything's fine. You know what I mean? But fucking holy shit. Why are people Fozzie, going? Oh, I saw uh, Chris Jericho's band playing to a packed house. Why, why were they doing that? Well, like, why do it? He did mention that he was in some states with, like, less than a thousand cases, which I think is, like... That is kind of, it's different. I think it's, like I said this about saliva doing Alaska. I I do feel like that's slightly different. You know what I mean? Because it's like, there are less cases in some of these lower populated states. Right. That maybe it's a touch safer. Like, I, I'm not, Columbus, Ohio, not safe. Right? New York, not safe. But I do think there's a tiny bit, a little more safety in North Dakota to maybe gather in larger groups, I guess, is my thing. But not without, like, any sort of precautions. No, that's the thing about that Sturgis thing is just like, why? I mean, the thing about Sturgis that really bums me out is, like, how many of those people just don't give a rat's ass about the people who live in Sturgis? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the thing that... That that's the real bummer. It's just kind of like, you know, people who live in Sturgis probably trying to live in a place where there's less people anyway. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean, like, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I um I had a good day. Uh, I've been watching ra- this weekend. I watched the Formula One, the 70th anniversary Grand Prix. I watched the. E Grand Prix, that's the electric cars. Oh, I thought it was E Entertainment. Dude, the electric cars, they have there it's like kind of like Mario Kart. There is a sensor on the track called the attack zone and it, and when they put show it on camera, it shows like blue arrows like a booster panel and if you drive over the booster panel, you unlock like 25 more uh horsepower. 25 to 50 more horsepower. Okay. That's that's like F-Zero. 
It is a pretty much. It's they're getting there, and I want them to do attack stuff. I want them to do like laser tag type stuff where you could have weapons loaded and you could aim and hit a button and shoot missiles and get people to like lose power. I think yeah, that's where go they down need- like five ten miles an hour. Yes, that's you know where they saying? need to go. You shoot the guy and it goes down five ten miles an hour. That's like death race. Yes, a little less deathy. Though. It is, but it, it works, and and because all of that can be augmented reality on top of it. Like, all of it can be done on the fly. They can show us missiles as we watch on screen. But, like, the guys driving will just see LED lights, you know? Yeah. I also won uh, $5 on NASCAR DraftKings today. Okay. Third okay. race in, and I'm already making money. I mean, $5 is... Yeah. It's, it's one of those, you win it, and you're just like, oh, okay. Well. I mean, I'm just going to rebet it. It's like when you yeah. win $5 on a scratch-off, and you're like, I'll like $5 more in scratch-offs, please. Yeah, I gotta get forty bucks to like really start going thinking about nuts walking about away. It. Yeah, I go nuts. I'll go nuts about forty bucks. You know, I go nuts for forty bucks. That's yeah. a great slogan. <laughs> I drove by the casino last weekend. To I want to be there. I want to bet money so bad right now. I do too. I I drove by. Me and Gwen drove by it to sort of. We were going to another place to get dinner. To pick up our dinner, right? But we drive by this casino and like Sorry. the parking lot was like half empty. It always is. And I said, this is what I wanted to talk about. I guess at the top of the show is like, I, so I've been like, I take a walk every day and my walk is in the short north campus, downtown, uh, German village. This, these are, the centers of like commerce and and all of that stuff in Columbus, right? Like this is where everything happens. Yeah, yeah. The places that I walk. And I also a lot of times we'll walk to Brett's if we're hanging out together as a family and you know, my family's coming over here. I'll just walk over here so I can get my walk in and also, you know, hang out, right? And uh the thing I've been noticing these businesses are like, like it really is bleak out there. And I, I, I noticed this week that like at the beginning of the protests, people were boarding their windows up, right? Like they were like boarding their windows up because they didn't want their windows to get busted out because they didn't want to replace the windows because it's a business. And lately I have been noticing like every third to fourth building is still boarded up. And that is not because they're still worried about protesters kicking their windows in. That's because between the time they boarded it up and now they've gone out of fucking business. Yeah. You know? And we're fucking really hard on small business owners on this show. But man, they are getting fucked in this. Like... In the same, it feels like, like, uh, uh, you know, we talk a lot about there not really being upward mobility in this country. But one thing that, one thing that like sort of shows upward mobility in a way that you can have upward mobility in, in the culture is, you know, you start your business, you're your own boss, you know? And I've been thinking about like, fuck, man, you know, there's a lot of people that put it all, all on the line. For this thing, for this business, and this business was, who knows where they were at, right? Like pre-pandemic. Who knows 
where they were at. Maybe they were thinking like, oh, shit's fucked up. We can turn it around sometime this year or something like that. And like, it's just like, it's all these people that were upwardly mobile that were moving up into the middle class, the upper middle class and stuff like that, that may have like, they're going to go back to working for people from now on. Well, you know, that lost it. Yeah. Um, I think you, <laughs> you're a bit too pie in the sky about it. I, I don't think that uh, having a business makes you upwardly mobile. It, it, for a lot of these people, it just gives them, uh, it's what we're doing. It gives them a standard of living that's a little bit above like asking for a wage, an hourly wage. Um, we just, I just did the show with, uh, I just did a show with Nick and Naomi from Means TV, another small business tyrants. We recorded a podcast. And, uh, I mean, I, I know that this show is definitely like against the abusive workplace, but as a small business owner and seeing the type of margins, like Street Fight, like if, 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 the, if the clock stopped today, there's not enough money to like square everything away. Not like two weeks, it, not it, two it, or three months. Yeah. Even. You yeah, it, it requires there to be another month of commerce, you know, and that's for a lot of these places. Uh, you know, I think that businesses should pay more. I think they should treat their people better. But if you're selling a sandwich for five fucking dollars, um, the only way that works is that if it's at max capacity, like you, it's a razor thin margin on so much of this shit. Uh, and I mean, I, uh, I don't. I mean, I think it's all a risk and they'll have to find something else, but yeah. it, it really is. Sure. It's the, it's transforming it, it. So much of the small business thing was just riding on, uh, two weeks of, of, uh, two weeks in the future. You right. Know? But it, I'm saying that like, that is another place where money's being filtered up. To people who can ride it, they're out. also getting tons of money too, though. Oh, like I the know. PPP stuff. Like if they're not, if they're not like trying to get money, like that's really stupid. Because I think small businesses have the most available, some of the most available money in bailout money right now, compared sure. to like what individual citizens get. Oh, but yeah, totally compared to us. And and I, I, you know, I just, I guess like my thing is that like, uh. People who who may have, I I don't know. It's like everybody that gets out of the wage work, I like look at. I am like, you know, I got very lucky. You know what I mean? You got very lucky, and like, uh, uh, I look at all those people as like very, you know, they're very lucky people, and 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 like the government just let them go away. And like, I think the thing that bugs me is that like these, these are restaurants, you know, a lot of times these are, uh, boutique, right. like stores that maybe sell stuff that other stores don't sell. And like, uh, this is, I, I see that as culture to your city. You know what I mean? Restaurants that aren't Applebee's are special to me. Okay. Like, like, or a coffee shop that's not Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts, that's special. That is a yeah. thing that you can only get at this one place, right? And, like, all that stuff, we're, like, losing some of this stuff that, like, makes a city special or cool 
or makes your life like a little more interesting. But but the, you know what? Every the world runs on Dunkin', man. We just need more Dunkin' Donuts. That's what we're gonna get. That's <laughs> what worries me, right? Like that's what worries me in the end is like. So are we just like looking at coming back? Because like I always think about what world we come back to, right? Are we looking at a world where we come back and the Mexican food is fucking Chipotle? And the fucking Chinese food is Mark Pies and the fucking, because nothing else was able to fucking make it through. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and like, I know that, like I said, I, we, I know the government's helping them a lot more than they are broke people. And I, I just think that like, no, it's, it's when they're gone, they're gone. You're honest though. No, it's honest. I mean, as much bullshit, as much as we talk on this, like it's a talk shit about it. Like, uh. It is a part of the city, you know, right. and uh, there are people that like uh, own businesses that go to school with my kids and they don't run a franchise. They run one coffee roaster place mm -hmm. and that that's their job and their, you know, spouse has another job and, you know, they're, it's not like it's a dynasty. Like a, a lot, so a lot mm -hmm. of these small business places, you know, are overpaid hipster people that have too much money but then you look at the small ones that were running on a shoestring budget and that's just there's not going to be enough to go around for that well, and, you and you're talking especially when it comes to like you know immigrant style fucking restaurants right and and think about like okay think about the jazz and rib fest right that's not just a thing that happens in Columbus. Right. Like one time a year and those people roll out their big grill trailer thing and they make ribs on on the weekend for people in just Columbus. Like those barbecue people, they travel the country all throughout the year, basically, and they do rib festivals. Yeah. You know? Like a lot of those people probably aren't making the payments on the trailer and the grill and stuff like that. Like that's gone. Yeah. It's just these are things that are gone that were here before and and like you hear from people who grew up it, before us right how things were a little bit more individualized not individualized but the chains weren't the only thing that existed back yeah. then you know you will go to the local diner you would hear all these things you have a joke about it for fuck's sake about how you were like i thought there was going to be a local diner that i go to and everybody knows my name and that's like not actually yeah cheers what, yeah a like tv cheers. show <laughs> yeah like that never that never happened in our life because things had already become so consolidated as me and in our lives things were already super consolidated i did not live in a fucking world where there was a local diner that you went to where they knew everybody and stuff like that i mean obviously like i have places i go to and they know me and because i live in the city and i i frequent a lot of the same places yes of like, course that exists but like it's not like that for most people and i also think that that is why people say in the suburbs feel such a profound disconnect with the rest of society too that's why they turn into these like individualized maga guys because fucking when they go out to eat it's like carabas or applebee's or or fucking the cheesecake factory or some shit like that it isn't you don't see the owner of the fucking restaurant yeah you know yeah. when when there when when you go to eat there and i i just it really it, it worries me because it because again 
this is also a thing where like I was I was hanging with some people and they're not like super hip on what me and you do. And they were like, So when are you when are you got when are you guys gonna hit the road again? And we're like, we're not. Like we don't have to. We're not comics. We don't need to do it. We can do it when and we can pick when it's safe to do it. And I was talking about how like the venues we play can't be open right now. They might be open and doing 25, 35% capacity, right? That's not like a sustainable business model. And uh, we might, it might be very hard to string together five dates. Yeah. When we get done, because there's going, think about Portland, a city that we have trouble booking anyway, because everything's like owned and run by Live Nation. Like, is that what we're going to, is that the world we're going to come back to? Is the world we're going to come back to, like, the only gigs that happen in cities happen through Live Nation? Is that, like, what we want? Is that how we want this to turn out, you know? And when you say, like, when we say, like, stuff about small business getting help, small business, like, like rock bands and comedians and and stuff like that, they're not getting fucking shit, dude. And even if they can get it, if you said like, oh, they could get PPP loans. I mean, not really, because most of us don't have a bunch of employees like me and you looked into it and we were like, well, we'd end up having to pay it back. We don't have enough fucking employees to use all of that money. It's just a really weird thing to think about the culture that we come back to. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is it gone? It is. It'll be different. I don't think God, like you're being too fatalistic about it. Yeah. I mean, I think that people maneuver in in cool way. I think there'll be a solution to every problem just because oh, yeah. that's how people are. I mean, me and you already said even if all the venues come back, we want to do a backyard barbecue show. Yeah, we can do backyard <laughs> you know I mean? we can do public park shows. Yeah, we wanted we want to do one of those. So, oh, I just saw this thing right before we go to the phones. I just saw this thing from Chicago. These people were like hanging out by the lake, Lake Michigan. It's like a really beautiful place to hang too. I've I've, I've like walked it and stuff. They were drinking, uh huh. And the cops fucking came, and they said, uh, "You need to leave if you want to drink. You need to go to a bar." And it infuriated me so much because me and Katie were talking about open container laws. Yeah, and uh, Jacobin, Jacobin wrote an article about we need to repeal open container laws because the only people that get enforced on are poor people. Yeah. It's all working class and poor people that the, like they're the only ones that get the enforcement and people got mad at them and were like uh, saying like, uh, oh, so all working class people drink now. Oh, I guess you just don't have any other causes to take oh, up fuck that. and no. shit like that. And it's like, look, there's probably things that Jacobin does that I don't like, but we should definitely right now be repealing open container laws because I think that is a, a harm reduction. Absolutely. For the bars. Now we got all these people stuffed on patios behind a fence. If the bars could stay open, right? And you could get drinks. You close off a block of the street. 
or a few blocks of the street. They don't need to be open. There's nothing fucking going on. Or what if you could just stop in a bar and get a drink and walk with it? Like yeah. I would like I go to UDF and buy a six pack of beer, but I would also stop at Donnerick's pub and get a fucking Jack and Coke if I could walk with it. That's the way I see it. I think it would be safer. And and the bars would get business. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm with you. I see it. Yeah. I mean, there are cities. There should, but you're right. It, it's totally... It, the only people that ever get charged with that are, you know... Poor people. Yeah. It's just homeless people and poor people get charged with it. Because in my neighborhood, everybody's fucking yeah, the Catholic walking around Festi- drinking. Catholic Festival is solo cups filled with, like, uh, fucking jungle juice. That- Shit. Trick or treat is that. Shit. At the Scioto Mile, which is, you can't get much more public than that. It's a public park. It's state fucking property. There are f- fucking upper middle class, middle class white people there all day drinking boxes of wine. Just sitting between them. Drinking out of a box of wine. Having yes. a picnic. Nothing happened. It's fucking sitting 200 yards from the police station. Getting sloshed. I mean, a box of wine. Yeah. Getting, it's a lot. You can, yeah. You walk through there and you just look and you're like, oh but, my god. Like, oh, if you have Brooks Brothers on, though, you're 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 safe. Exactly. All right, let's, let's jump on the calls. line. Yeah, it's time for calls. All right. Uh, thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hello. Howdy. Can you hear me? Yes. Hey, what's Trey up? John. What was that? Hey, I'm a uh, uh, Trey Johns, T-R-A-Y-J-O-H-N-S, Trey. What's up, Trey Johns? How are you? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. Uh, getting through this fallout, uh, getting kicked off American Airlines and shit last week, you know? Oh, yeah. You got kicked. Are, yeah. you're, you're the person that got kicked off of America, America Online. <laughs> I got kicked off of that a lot. It's just that. So what happened? What What is the story? Okay. So first, I flew from West Palm Beach on America Airlines with a mask on that said fuck 12. And I got to Charlotte, North Carolina. I had a four-hour fucking layover. I stood in the airport. I went and got coffee. I went and got me some barbecue. You know what I'm saying? And then I got on my plane to go to... to St. Louis and then from St. Louis to Marion, Illinois. So as soon as I got on the plane, airline Karen says, hey, you got to cover that mask up. So I said, okay. She gave me a blue mask. I covered the motherfucker up and sat in my seat. Okay. That was it. I was in row 24 and two, I was two seats from the toilet. Okay. I was all the way in the back. That's the worst seat. and, And the plane seals up. I want to say I'm a pre-border. So the plane feels all the way the fuck up. <laughs> right. Okay. And then she she's like, she comes back there after the doors close. They did the little setup thing. The move the plane is moving, going to the runway. And she says, Don't let me see that mask again. And I said, All right, lady, leave me alone. Yeah. So then she said, Okay, I got you. And then she speed walked to the front. And about two seconds later, all you feel the plane says, and me, the lady next to me, and the white guy next to me, we all look at each other. I said, no, the fuck, she didn't stop this plane. (laughs) Oh, no. So, I mean, so, you, like, at this point, 
Yeah, uh, Bobby, one Bobby, uh, one of our our friends uh, hooked hooked this up and got you to call in. I'm, I'm glad you did. Um, so you get on the plane. You're wearing a mask that says "fuck 12," which. I mean, there's plenty of gross T-shirts that people wear while they're flying. You agree to take it off and cover it up. That's a done deal. Like, I feel like it's over. It's been neutralized at that point. Like, how can there be it any was. more problems? It was. I can literally guarantee you that nobody on that plane saw my mask. My seatmate, he asked me to raise the blue mask up so he could see what she was talking about. And I was in the seat before both of them came. Nobody else saw my mask. And then I was, then the first person that came to my row was a lady with a child. I'm a whole grandmother. She had a four year old little black girl. And I, not only did I keep the mask covered up, I took the mask off. And Karen still came fucking with me. What, what, I mean, what, when did they come back after you took the, so you took the mask off. I mean, what do you, yeah, what was it? I mean, I guess it was like, she, she didn't trust you at that point. Like when you said like, it's all good. I, I, I don't know why she double checked on you. I mean, I have to say I would be very perturbed by that as well, because it's like, I've all, we've already handled this, you know? Right. And, and, and that's just it because I can admit that at most times I ain't the most non, I'm the most non-compliant motherfucker you can find. <laughs> But today, I spent extra money to fly out of West Palm Beach. I wasn't missing my damn flight. I'd have threw the mask in the trash if she asked me. <laughs> I'm the same I was way. just trying to get to where the hell I was going. Sure. <laughs> I mean, you could turn it inside out. There's a lot of solutions here. Uh, I don't, I don't, there's just no reason, uh, to stop the whole plane. So you don't know what, you don't know why, but she felt like it was time to cut the, to like to cut the to cut the whole flight off and stop everybody so were you kicked off or or did you have to sit in silence like when did they let you know what was happening next no they never they pulled the plane up first a little big white guy he come over he said i'm asking you to get off the plane i said why are you asking me to get off the plane he said you know why the, the pilot is asking you to get off the plane i said the pilot ain't even seen me why is the pilot asking me to get off the plane so I told the guy sitting next to me to move out the way. So then he went, he left, and he went and got a big old black guy, about 200 pounds. Now, I'm 100 pounds with my book bag and somebody else's luggage, okay? So so he come back, and the only reason I did not make that bastard drag me off that plane because I was sitting next to that child. Had I not been sitting next to that little girl, I would have made them drag me off that plane because they never told me the reason they were taking me off that plane. And not only did they put me off the plane, the motherfuckers walked me out the airport, told me I couldn't fly. Oh my God. What was so the reason? American Airlines. For sure. What was they the never reason? said a fucking reason. They so just it was offended the- by... I mean, they were just offended by the mask. No, here's what exactly what happened was that woman yeah. was offended by the mask and she was able to use her power to put her thumb on the scale and say, get her all the way out. I mean, that's really what it was is she took a She took the opportunity to just make your day hell instead of just asking you to. Period. Because 
even all them fucking racists talking about I was being disruptive, that was straight up bullshit. Like I said, I'm almost 50 fucking years old. You know, I yeah. was going to support my son and see my grandbaby. I'm a whole retired, disabled veteran. I don't it, have time for that shit. Now, I am an abolitionist, and I do believe fuck 12. For sure. Fuck 5-0. They can kiss my ass. <laughs> for sure. Preach. But at the same time, I, I'm respectful. When the woman asked me to cover it up, I covered it up. If they would have asked me to cover it up on the first fucking flight, I would have covered it up, and they would have never saw it on the second flight. But American fucking airlines don't have a, a policy because they would have said something on the first flight. Yeah, Fuck and, that. and yeah, and I, you know what, I wear, you know, I wear stuff. Time, I wear band shirts that say "fuck" on them. I have a weed shirt on or something, and I go to the airport. I don't realize how public and how mixed I am, and I can understand somebody's so, something being taken the wrong way. But you've already been through a flight. Like the, the, all of the American yeah. Airlines, uh, stewardess and stewards have seen you at this point to, to verify you're in, in flight gear. You're ready to go and you can do this damn thing. You're up to the dress code of American Airlines, but it's one lady. This one lady just has the opportunity. This is her power to ruin your fucking day. It sounds like pretty much because see, honestly, you know, like I said, my name on Facebook is Trey Rock, T-R-A-Y-R-O-C-K. And I'm, even though I'm a 45-year-old grandmama, I still get carded. And I probably look like a 22-year-old boy those <laughs> days. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what is it? Amer- I'm fucking okay with that. <laughs> so how did American Airlines respond? Uh, have they done anything at all? They have released a statement that is totally 300% false. They said that even though I initially complied, I became disruptive, and that's why they asked me to uh, get off the plane. Which was just, I mean, mean, the whole thing is Facebook Live. So at (laughs) what point was I disruptive? Because if I was disruptive, you literally would have saw a hundred fucking live videos from other passengers on the plane. No one else on the plane knew what the fuck was going on except the two people sitting with me. That is, Nobody, yeah. Even the people in the front row couldn't hear what was going on. And this is that, that Karen decided that like you did, you looked at her at the wrong way. You did something that was just like, it's over for you. It's totally fucked up. Cause they do this to people. They've done this to people before in the past where they just decide that the shirt's offensive or the hat's offensive and they kick you off. But this was 100%. This is politically motivated. You were kicked off of a plane because uh, because they politically didn't like what you were saying. For sure. That's that's all it could be. Yeah. And and my shirt said Black Lives Matter, too. So, you know, I was, you know, shit in one hand and clap. So, <laughs> <laughs> man, I I don't know what to do. I mean, like, they should. Did they refund any of your money for any of your flight? They 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 refunded the unused portion of my flight, but they ain't gave me my motherfucking money for the rental car I had to rent and drive six hundred goddamn miles to Illinois, and then drive to Miss not Memphis Nashville and take another flight. 
home the next day. You know how much it costs to buy a flight the same fucking day? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they got you over a barrel. And that's exactly what I'm thinking. It's like, yeah. you, you can you can refund my flight, but I'm still stuck in a place that isn't my home city. <laughs> like, what, what the fuck am I supposed to do here? Uh, exactly. So is there... Exactly. Is, is uh do you have a Venmo or something you could drop for us? Is there a way we could support to help you out with uh with the cost of going through all that bullshit? I doubt American Airlines is gonna cover it for you. Definitely. My my uh Venmo is my organization is called Fed Fam for Life. I'm gonna drop it. That's and I got Cash App too. Cause Bro, they 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 did bend me over a barrel. <laughs> yeah, I'll help you out. So- I was like, yo, y'all Y'all petty as fuck. So what's the organization you work with? I work, my, actually, I'm the f- co-founder of Fed Fam for Life. We're a non-profit organization. We help people get out of prison. You know, I got locked up five days after I graduated from college with my bachelor's degree in pre-law. The feds gave me 13 years for nine fucking grams. Oof. Less than $450 worth of drugs. Oof. And I served almost 10 years in federal fucking prison. But I became one of the best female jailhouse lawyers in the last 20 years in federal prison. Oh, and yeah. I can say proudly that one of the three women that are president let out on clemency <laughs> in February. You know, Donald Trump signed three clemencies. Yeah. One of them was Tynese Hall, and I've been her jailhouse lawyer for 11 years, and I filed her petition for clemency on my fucking cell phone in my car, and Donald Trump signed it, and she got out of prison after 14 years. That's, that's the work I do. That is incredible. incredible. You are an incredible person. And, and one more, one more thing. If you Google dignity for incarcerated women, I work, I live in West Palm Beach, Florida. We passed dignity for incarcerated women in the state of Florida and the state of Tennessee. They call me two state trade. And what that is, it guarantees all women incarcerated free and unlimited access to pads, tampons, soap in two states. And the governor's passed both of those laws. That's the type of work that I fucking do. And I'm sick of people disregarding and discounting black women. Because we are out here on the ground every fucking day. Absolutely amazing. You're doing incredible work. I appreciate the call. That was wonderful. And please light up that Venmo once again. Yeah, I think yeah. it was uh Fem Fed for Life. I'm gonna get I'm gonna make I'll take care of you too after we get done with the show here. But what was it? Fem Fed for Life? Fed fam, like federal family. Okay. Like Fed, F E D, Fam, F A M, the number four and life. Fed, Fed Fam for Life. Got it. Wonderful, Trey. Thank you so much. We absolutely appreciate it. I'd love to have you call back again, uh, and, and I'll send you a message uh, through Bobby so we can uh, get some more, uh, get some more, you know, work time. Work. Yeah. We'll talk. Yeah, 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 we can help you out. Yeah, we can. We'd, I'd definitely, love to, I'd, I definitely call because I'm watching y'all on YouTube too. So I'm, I'm, I'm loving the beard. You know, <laughs> I, well, some of my friends got some long ass beards. I always like to tell people, don't get it twisted. I've married to a white man for 14 years. <laughs> hey, we are trouble, but we'll help you out. <laughs> and me and my wife love his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. You have a good one, Trey. We we love you. Have a great night. Thank y'all. Peace. Love you guys, too. Thank you. <laughs> oh, All that right. was great. That was awesome. You know what's funny about that is me and Gwen were talking about Trey yesterday. What? 
Yeah. Really? Two days ago, actually. Friday night when we went out for a walk, me and Gwen were talking to Talking about her, yeah. Oh, about the story. About the story, yeah, yeah. We'd seen the story. We were just having a conversation about it, and I, I was like shocked when you said that that she was calling in because I was like, "What? That's crazy!" I was talking about the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good call. Thank you for calling. That that was absolutely wonderful. You know what else I wanted to bring up when when we were doing a little pre stuff for the show? You know, we left Wednesday night, and then the next goddamn day, Trump bans TikTok and Fortnite. And it's like, hmm, okay, well, we missed the fucking news. Did you see that? Yeah, I don't think he banned Fortnite, though. He accidentally banned Fortnite. I don't think it's going to stick. For Tencent? You're talking about Tencent? Yes. Their microtransaction platform? Yeah. I don't know if it applies. I think it's, it strictly applies to WeChat and TikTok only. What's WeChat? That's how I buy my Chinese bootleg stuff. Uh, uh oh! <laughs> I was a little, I was a little annoyed at Trump for getting rid of WeChat because I have some good connections with some with Boostmaster Lin yeah. over over in China that has the best fucking Yeezys and Ultra Boosts. It's a bummer, right? Yeah. Like, oh, these teens are freaking though. Yeah, everybody. Gwen's freaking about TikTok. It's stupid. I don't know, and it seems like it's just like those kind of bold things is what pe- makes people vote for somebody. It's a in a, in a way sometimes like when I'm being a gigantic asshole, it feels like more interesting than just being like right about something. It feels like people are more like taken aback, <laughs> or yeah. people more like, "Wow, this is a deep thinker. He's not saying like anything smart at all." You know, I, like he said something that that wasn't popular opinion. I I don't know. I Shutting like- down TikTok is the dumbest idea in the world. I know. But, I mean, doing it for Microsoft makes sense. And does for certain people, I guess. I mean, I like made in the USA stuff, but I literally don't think you should steal a company from China and then call it made in the USA. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll probably hit a lot more of this uh, because I'll probably read about it on Wednesday. I just, I was so fucking annoyed that like the day that when, when something happens on Thursday, I know we're not an up-to-the-minute news source, but good Lord. I realized then that, like, here's what happens, right? We record on Wednesday. Big news story happens on Thursday. I picture the fucking person downloading the show on Friday and listening to it. And, and it like, makes me fucking nuts, These man. dummies don't even know what's going on. They didn't even talk about fucking TikTok. What? They forget to talk about TikTok. And I know that people understand time and recording and yeah, stuff Yeah, don't you like listen that. to podcasts? I do. You're I do. the listener that you're like speculating I know, about. But when something big when, happens and the people don't talk about it. You hold it against them? Shit, I do a little bit. I'll stop listening. I'll just be like, nah, you're supposed to be talking about you know, it's a lot of times a wrestling podcast, you know, some some event happens. I saw the results and then the people are like, we're not going to talk about the results because we haven't watched it yet. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to listen to a different podcast now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I do hold it against people. I don't think people hold it against us because I don't even think people th- see that as like our beat, I guess. You know, that's a, like a block. That's what blocked party does, obviously. But uh, I, I liked, do want to like cover- TikTok. I'm one of the. I'm I'm unafraid to say that I'm over thirty and I like TikTok. I think and it's I've, fine. I've performed dances for TikTok and I think it's a fun place. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't think it, I, I wouldn't make fun of people for like. Well, people TikTok. are like, who who over fifteen is on TikTok? It's yeah, like, 
Well, I don't want to hang out with all the miserable fucking losers here in the gallows on Twitter. So. Yeah, yeah. I see. That's where I like to be with the in miserable the losers in the, in the gallows. We're I'm a miserable dead. loser that likes to be in the gallows. You like to just wake up and strap an anchor around your neck <laughs> and fucking just get drowned all day. Just get mad because Nancy Pelosi said she's praying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Thoughts and prayers. You fucking kiss my fucking ass. Yep. Okay. I'm listening to like when, so much I'm shock the- jock stuff and like the thing that's been very funny to me has just been like those guys went on the radio every single day. They woke up, they went on the radio and said, fuck you, man. Hey, hey, you know what? You're oh, The president wants to have a conversation. Fuck you. <laughs> it's like, God, it's how fun. do you live like that? It's fine. But I it like is. It. it is fun. <laughs> I like saying fuck you. We do fuck you. We say you're a piece of shit. We don't say fuck you. We say you're a piece of shit. Kevin's like, I there was a dude, they said, what was your favorite movie this year? And the guy the, the, I was listening to Opie and Anthony. This I they go, What's your favorite movie this year? The guy answers once. Remember that romantic comedy or romantic movie once where they played like folk songs and it was like a musical, but also like a romance movie. It was really popular. This is years ago. It's like a decade ago. Okay. Whatever. But what I'm listening to, this guy's like once and they're like, oh, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? And just like a lot of homophobic stuff and yeah. just furious about once. Well, oh, it's a musical. And they're just furious about it. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you as a human? They're like, this dude can't like like something without it pissing you off <laughs> i mean i like being mad i do too i do too especially if it's in the right way and if there's an easy target that you can <laughs> you can just be mean about I'm it just into- doesn't make me mad you know what yeah I mean? yeah there's like, other fish to fry it doesn't get me like you can get me to scream and yell about something there are subjects that you could bring up to me and even you know, subjects that aren't political, subjects that don't make any difference to the world. You could, you could get me going off about something, right? I saw a tweet yesterday that made me so mad that I was fuming and I almost got in my first Twitter fight in like five years. Wow. And you want to know what it was? Sure. It said, here's my unpopular music, but here's my unpopular music opinions thread. Okay. That I never, I stopped doing them. As soon as COVID happened, whenever says, people said something about my band, I just get away from the computer or the device because I'm going to say something so mean and I can't help it. <laughs> more go- mad about, I was more mad about the definition of unpopular opinion, I think. Because okay. it's like, I like to read an unpopular musical opinion because I have a bunch of okay. them and I think they're funny. Okay. Interesting. First one. I don't like the band Corn, and I'm like, that's not is, is that like a really unpopular opinion? Like, is that something that people are ashamed to say you that they go, don't like Corn? You hang around with too many ironic new metal socialists. When I post, yeah, exactly, because when I post anything and it goes viral and it hits the libs and the conservatives and like just the squares and shit, when it hits them, I get made fun of. Two things. Corn mask. They make fun of me for liking corn. And sovereign citizen. Yeah. They always make fun. They're always like, this guy's a fucking sovereign citizen. He likes corn. And it's like, that's. Not- yeah. Free thinkers. People's unpopular opinions sometimes just are like. Not unpopular. Yeah. Who are you hanging out with that 
everybody's like, don't fucking dare badmouth corn. Yeah. It's My not- wife badmouths corn. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and take the next call. All right, Sorry. next call. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? I got it. I'm not. It's you. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. What's up? Who's this? Hold on. I got it. I think we're getting pranked right now. Hey, this is uh, Michael. Hey, Michael. From, uh, what's Seattle. up? You there? Hey, what's going on, Michael? Oh, not. Hey, not not much. I heard you guys talking about Sturgis and uh, a little bit of FOMO you're having for. Me. It's not FOMO. It's not FOMO. I want to be clear. Sorry? It's not FOMO. It's jealousy. Okay. I have jealousy for it. Do not feel jealous, man. Um, I'm in Seattle here, and I'm in the live entertainment community, so a lot of people go to Sturgis to go set up all those concerts, um, you know, <laughs> in the before times. And, like, it's a horrible organization. And just looking at the photo, the uh, video I saw, of what's going on there. Um, I saw someone doing a cover of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air soundtrack in a tent. And when you have a lot of people in a concert tent, all like dancing and breathing. And oh, and singing the song. Everybody knows all the words. Every word. The song. Yeah. The condensation of all that sweat will collect on the top of that tent and rain down on you. Holy like in your shit. Mouth and in your yeah. Eye. Oh yeah. You know what though? Here's yeah. what, here's what I would say. Yeah. Here's what I'm saying just, about it is that like it's not FOMO. I I don't want to be at Sturgis. Yeah. I and this has been me lately. I have a real envy, jealousy. Like it makes me mad that people don't that I'm not a person that doesn't give a shit. Does that make sense? Yeah, but you'd be one. Right, of the, you'd be right. one of the yeah, people no, that totally, you talk totally. shit about. It's constantly. like you wish you were smart enough to know you're putting yourself in danger, right? Exactly. Yeah, it feels yeah, really fun to ride a motorcycle without a helmet on. You know, feeling the wind in your hair, but the moment you think about it for a second, you know that that's crazy dangerous and stuff, right? Yeah. No, yeah. I think without a, I think without a helmet is better because you don't want to like half survive a motorcycle accident. Like I just want to be done with it if I mess up. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it's my thing about it is like because somebody I I don't remember who I was talking to. Oh, I was talking to somebody the other day. Allison Metzger online posted something about like, yeah, I'm sitting at home talking to the same people all the time and I'm bored and I'm looking at the TV and seeing mass gatherings. Right. Like, as you can see them. And uh, I responded to him. I was like, I like. I get like real in inside of me jealousy that I'm not just like some regular guy that doesn't give a shit and is packed into some fucking restaurant, not caring right, right. at all. You know what I mean? Because when I go somewhere, right. I feel Ignorance like is bliss, man. I know that's what I'm saying. Because when I go somewhere, <laughs> I feel like I can see COVID everywhere you know what i mean like i feel like like everything you touch yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) the little red like like in a video game right right all the highlighted when you touch uh, a doorknob all our covid yeah yeah Yeah. when you touch a doorknob or a door handle to move it (laughs) i use every time i touch a door 
I use hand sanitizer. Okay. Now, I take that yeah. logic with me out after the situation, right? And I'm kicking doors open now yeah. with my foot, yeah. right? When I take that logic out right. with me, right. I think that maybe yeah. I'm wrong, but a person would have to like sneeze or breathe on the door handle for there to be COVID on that door handle, right? Yeah. Or they cough into their hands. No, okay. no, or they cough into their hands and then touch the door handle. But, okay, know, thank you. That does make sense now. Like That's said, better. Sur surfaces yeah. aren't the biggest yeah. threat. Yeah. It's literally that, like, you have a COVID exhaust pipe coming out of the front of your face. Yeah. That's the that's yeah. what we have to cover yeah. up. Yeah, but it's just like... It's the pose of COVID, man. Right. And, exhaust you can ignore. You can just kind of smell it, right? Right. But we... The, the, the reason yeah. I say this is because, like, so I'm taking... The kind of precautions where, like, I'm bored all the fucking time. All I want to do is do stuff. I want to go to fucking concerts. They're not doing concerts here, so that's a temptation. Oh yeah, no, uh, we're not. Do we're not doing concerts till 2022. Like, 2022. The guy who runs Coachella said 20. Mm, that guy's or, wrong. Yeah. I'm doing it. I'm doing something in 2021. That's our 10 year anniversary. Goddamn anniversary. <laughs> they better be something. But I'm saying that like. I'm saying that, like, uh, so I'm taking these stupid, like, I'll take these ridiculous precautions. I'm carrying hand sanitizer around with me. I almost bought one of those stupid fucking germ keys. But the reason I didn't buy it the what? is it's a germ key. Have you ever seen them? Have you seen them, Brian? No. Yeah, it's a keychain made of copper that you can push on ATM <sighs> buttons and you can pull, pull door handles. Door open. handles. It's, I got all the time. I almost bought one. But that Jesse, is, that, I'm, thankfully, Jesse and Mike. Yeah, thankfully, Jesse and Mike from your Kickstarter yeah. sucks covered it right in the early days of COVID. And they pointed yeah. out that like you're touching stuff with it and just sticking it in your pocket. <laughs> so it's not like yeah. super safe, you know, it's, it's yeah. like if the germs are <laughs> on the thing and you're touching the thing with the germs on it and then shoving them, it's like, shut. It's like, I'll yeah. put some germs in my pocket. Just a little bit of COVID. Just, for, yeah, just a little bit of coronavirus. <laughs> the viral load in my pocket is very high right now. Let's hope somebody yeah. doesn't slap my pocket and it walks up into my face is how I feel. But yeah, that's where that's the gel. It's yeah. not I there are very few things that I, I like that. to do. I pity those people because they're oh, weak. They're wrong, weak man. of I mind and spirit living again. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I I'm sharpening my stone to, interior to work again. I I I don't care about those people. I think that they're weak. Like I don't think that they don't know what real strife is. I don't, don't think they don't know what real pain and no, like they don't know what they don't know what giving up is. Yeah, like they're the weakest of us all that they can't yeah. sit around for one year. I mean, we all complain about right. we all complain about how miserable life is. Like this isn't any goddamn different. It's just a different fucking flavor, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Right. I'm yeah. What, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been miserable my whole life. This is no different, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tour buses and yeah. free lunches and shit, right? Like, right. Yeah. That's another thing. Touring is yeah. fucking miserable. But I think about touring all the fucking time. I had seven days of panic attacks before every single tour I ever went on. The, the first part of the travel yeah. Yeah. was the most miserable I've ever been in. The, the part where you're flying somewhere or you're driving six hours to get to the first date. 
miserable the worst experience yeah. in the world and i'm sitting around my house going like it's fucking bullshit i can't get out on the road again you know it's fucking you know what <laughs> when right? things come back everything's gonna be fucking different man i'm gonna like savor every chance that me and brett get to go on the road yeah and perform in front of a room of people when everybody in this room waiting on hold listening to this show knows that's not gonna happen yeah i'm gonna be miserable the very yeah. goddamn it's, first yeah. time we go out i'm going to be miserable <laughs> yeah no, no, i know yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. The, it's the same i remember i mean go just yeah i mean i used to get i go yeah. ahead go ahead good no get in there You're oh calling. yeah i mean i i remember complaining about like i used to tour europe with a dj i used to run the lights on his uh his set um so I was bitch and moan of like, oh God, I gotta go to Germany this weekend, and then I'm back for three days, and then we fly to France, and then we're back for four days, and we go to Korea, and like, right now, nothing sounds more exciting and fun than that. And I remember in the time being like, this is the worst, I, this is the worst ever. I'm always tired. I never know what, where I am or what day it is. Uh, I know, mean, when, like, when we came back in our- to be able to do even any gig, even any gig, even like a, uh, you know, uh, a, a shoe product or a shoe launch or anything would be so much fun because, uh, yeah, we haven't been into work for six months in the entertainment industry. Like nothing, nothing. Yeah. You know, like we don't have podcasts about lighting <laughs> that make money. Yeah. That's really tough. I mean, we, we get to do like, I, I mean, we are great. I'm, I'm grateful for what we have. But I also do remember at the end of like the West Coast tour with Minion Death Call. Being like legit depressed, like getting home and for 10 days afterwards being miserable because there was only like $500 to split between both shows. And we had been on the road for like 13 days. But like, you know, we, we doing, still made money and though. doing like yeah. once in a lifetime hey, things that I'll never get. That yeah. like now I'm like, all right, I'd rather do that than have the money. Yeah. Some of the most fun shit speakeasy. in the world. Right. Yeah. Going to a speakeasy right. till six in right, the morning. Right. So to be able to look back and be like, well, yeah. Right. Sleeping in a fucking hotel uh, room by yourself while your partner's out doing coke. That's <laughs> yeah. fun. Right. Yeah. Eating chicken <laughs> fingers in a hotel room alone. And, and, and like texting your wife while your partner's out having once in a lifetime experiences. I wouldn't trade that for the world. <laughs> or, or like, no, or, or like, what about like, bro like ordering through? There's nothing better than chicken fingers brought to you. Hot to go. <laughs> Brian ordered like chicken. Brian wasted like $38 on chicken fingers in New York one time. It was just like, those were fucking terrible. And I was like, I can't believe it cost it. I can't believe we wasted like a fucking half weeks of produce on that. I'm fucking that still makes <laughs> right? me mad to this day. To this yeah. day, New York. I hate. Yeah. I that's one of the reasons I hate New York a, a little bit. Those chicken tenders. Those chicken tenders. Eighteen. There's nothing worse than spending too much money on mediocre food. Six right? fucking chicken tenders for fucking thirty eight dollars, and the fries were cold, and they were all <laughs> under a heat lamp. It was such an uh, only in New York. Only in New York. We pay thirty eight dollars yeah, right. for reheated Six. chicken tenders. <laughs> Six bucks a tendy. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. What? So? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're looking at twenty twenty two because I talked to somebody who does. Um, I talked to somebody who knows some bookers 
booking agents and and the the example i was given was mastodon is looking to do march 2021 like they are mastodon's booking dates spring 2021 that's a lot of the rumors i'm hearing too in the like mid-grade mastodon you know size market but the way the like the the economy works on that stuff is those those bands don't take a cut of the door you know they generally get a um a guarantee so like he will play portland and it will be i'm just making this number up like fifteen thousand dollars regardless of the size of your room and then the next city we play fifteen thousand dollars and so on and so forth yeah, right. man, but imagine so, just so, if they open up with like, bring, I think that someone's trying to kill me. Like if they open with Blood and Thunder, <laughs> it's all worth it. Oh, it'd be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to be able to string together enough dates where you can get that guarantee, and that guarantee is based off of full houses, right? Just like you're talking with selling $5 sandwiches. Like Jesus. a 20% drop in attendance meets your show doesn't make money, right? And then the promoters are out and the promoters are the ones who like you know run the whole industry (laughs) you know they promote and book yeah so until bands can you know and then it's not even just looking at like putting five things together you've got to put together 20 dates to make stuff make sense yeah yeah um yeah and there's regulations on how long buses can drive semi-tractors can drive stuff you know there's like the logistic end of it means that if your room isn't full, you're not making money, right? Yeah. Um, well, but I mean, if we if we transition to uh, haves and haves not society, there is an ultra rich that yeah, could yeah. pay. If you pay for, yeah, if you like they pay would four love times as much. F- yeah, seven fifty yeah. to get front row at Mastodon with nobody running Mastodon, into you. Yeah, four ticket minimum. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And yeah. They, what they could do uh, easy pay, they could do, uh, you know, they, all of that stuff is already set up through the, the, uh, festival stuff. Like you just pay over several months. You'd pay a hundred dollars a month for nine months yeah. to see one concert a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It makes me, makes me worried about just like you were talking about sandwiches again, about how this is crisis is just going to consolidate the marketplace, not only in, you know, food and drink, but in entertainment too, right? Like there's only two companies right now, two large players in the United States that um, book and promote concerts, it's AEG and Live Nation. And like, if one of those goes down, now there's only one company that will do that. Well, at least there's two now, because when I was growing up, there was one, right? It was like... Oh no, there used to be, there used to be like tons. It used to be totally regional. Like Ohio, the Ohio area would have one. Like Portland, Seattle Belkin, had one. baby. Wrestling um, used to be the Mon- same. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Just like grocery stores and diners used to be the same, right? Like, uh, yeah, um, we're losing our regionalism. We have that regionality. I miss that. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the guy who was, uh, runs Coachella was saying 2022. He doesn't think there's going to be one next year. And that might just be because they're in California. But, like, if you can't put California into the marketplace, the market doesn't exist, right? It's like diesel cars in the 90s. I also think it's enough of a time to say, like, you need to figure out something to do for the next 18 months. You know, like, you're going to have to find something besides what you thought uh, was going to be your moneymaker as far as touring goes or live entertainment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, sadly, that's moving a lot to streaming stuff. And in studio situations, there's just not the amount of work needed, you know? Right. You don't need 150 stagehands to come in and unload two sprinter vans. But you need that for, you know, 10 to 20 semi-trucks. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it, it's, um, it's, it's hard. It's a, I need up a lot of time thinking about the entertainment industry. Well, it. thanks for calling. Go to other people. No, thank, thank you for you. calling. Yeah, it hey, was fun. Yeah. You're um, too nice. Gave us something to talk about. Do you have a Twitter or anything? Do you have a, anything people should follow? Oh, I am a, I'm a, I'm a middle-aged white guy. I don't need any promotion. Okay. Like, I'm fine. Oh, we're we're going to cut your <laughs> call. It. Only the live people yeah, hear that call. We're going to cut you from okay. the podcast to make things more equal. That's good. Yeah, that's yeah, reasonable. Yeah. yeah, that's equitable. Perfect. <laughs> Have a good night. Some good things. You know, I'm military. Right. Have a good one. Yeah, man. That that is. That Sturgis thing I'm, is wild. I think we it, might have somebody that is in Sturgis calling tonight. That would be great. Uh, that I would love to hear from that. If you give me their information, I'll get them to the front. But I want to respond and say that, like on the west side, I found out there's a lemonade stand. That also sells vegan burgers and vegan hot dogs right now. Probably not on the books, but like, um, I think that people are going to be selling shit regardless of what like is legal. You know, I think that's where we're heading is probably to a more home chef type atmosphere. People working from their houses, more food truck type stuff, I guess, with food and in, in my like opinion. That. I do but like I, that. I don't. I, I think that like this idea that all of that goes away is stupid because it's like built into humanity. There's those those of us that like have good food and can make good food. will share it and spread it and be rewarded for it in some sort of way. And charge yeah. like twenty dollars more than it costs to make. Really? Well, the tipping it just sucks because like early COVID tipping was like so high and I've kept it up, but I, I worry that other people are, but I've noticed a lot of people are actually back to normal old 10% tipping on a pickup. You know? 10% on a pickup. I'm 30. That was pre COVID. I'm 30. Oh my God. I looked at the tip on our groceries today and I was like, man, I should start delivering groceries. Yeah. Hey, they're tossing 30 bucks out there. That's yeah. a good tip. Yeah. That's a great tip. Yeah. I'm proud of my wife. Uh, next call. Go for it. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Oh, could it be me? It is you. Hello. Who could it be now? What's up? (laughs) (laughs) Who's this? Call me, uh, Roy. What's up, Roy? How's it going tonight? Kind of a delay. It's like I'm reporting in from the moon. Uh, I'm just, uh, just chilling. So what's up? So basically, I used to work. Uh, oh, I just to call it in because I used to work on a landfill, and I would. I listened to your uh, podcast to stay sane, and boy, did I ever see some horrific stuff. But the, Brett went to, to the landfill recently. Thanks. Brett went to the landfill recently and oh, said he felt one? bad for every single person that worked at the landfill. No. Oh yeah, it's real bad. I did a plumbing, a plumbing and data collection was my thing. Oh, so you weren't out there like turning the trash over. What did you do? Oh no, I was, uh, the funny thing is I went to college, got a fuck ton of student debt, basically applied for a job, got passed over for a guy who had a master's degree. So fuck that. 
but they were like, hey, we got this other job that's very technical, but I basically ended up getting extremely skilled in a skill set that I don't think I ever want to use again. I mean, I could maybe like dig a well, I guess, but I worked on pneumatic pump systems that remove leachate, and I'm pretty sure I got like, I don't know how much toxic exposure at this point. Uh, but besides that, I uh, sometimes make music and stuff, and that's my life right now. This uh, this stir craziness is really fucking wild. I'm with you. I'm trying not to honestly be starstruck right now, but like <laughs> you're doing, really cool. you're doing, fun. you're doing great. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> what kind of stuff happened at the? Uh, what kind of stuff happens when you work at the landfill? Like, like uh, what are? Uh, do you did you run the into concerns? the people dumping stuff often? Oh yeah, there's something called the uh, the fill face. When I first heard it, I thought they said filth face, because that's what it basically is. It's a area where all the trucks line up, they dump all the stuff, and then we got the really big truck, the six-wheelers that drive in with, like, clay, mulch, uh, that kind of stuff. My main thing was that every few hundred or so feet, uh, there would be these PVC pipes sticking out of the ground that relieve the air pressure that's like, or the gas pressure from the subterranean zone. Cause essentially the trash, like it is decomposing, but because there's so little oxygen down there, it's happening very slowly. But these bacteria are having like a nonstop dance party for like decades, pumping out methane, uh, sulfide, various uh, VOCs. It's the whole thing. I'm just really glad that I'm especially glad that I am uh, away from that job now that COVID's going on because I don't know how the hell uh, (laughs) it's one of those situations that, yeah, I uh, one shudders to imagine. (laughs) Yeah, I um, all I I can say about I used to date this girl and her grandparents had a house in Virginia Beach and there was this landfill called Mount Trashmore. Where they like put Mount Rathmore? Yeah, they put sod over the whole thing and made it into a park, and you could play disc golf there. So I used to play disc oh, golf on this bad. landfill. <laughs> but they had lots of relief pipes. I do remember those weird the that there were pipes to like let some of the the air get out of there. What's that smell like? What's it smell like on the other end of those pipes? Oh, yeah. I would love to stand and just fucking oh, a, me and you just take turns whiffing on blasting, the end of those pipes. Blasting yeah. on a trash pipe. <laughs> yeah, just seeing Fuck who can yeah, do it man. the most time. Who passes out first. Yo, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's what's it. coming out of there. Friggin', hey, what can I say? It gets boring on the trash pipe sometimes and boring on the trash mound. What's but yeah, ca- you're right. It, uh, there are so many funny uses for like old trash mounds. Like there was one I went to. I won't name any names, but there are like uh, people fly model planes that take off like to and from trash mounds there are, of course uh golf courses or there's like a driving range yep anyway i won't give away too much lest i incriminate myself but actually i've been away from yeah my wife worked at a golf course well, i was just gonna say uh, uh landfill and uh, it's well, a it public a golf, golf course, course. Yeah, she worked at a trash golf course. It was a public oh, golf man. course. And it's my favorite story ever. I've quit my job so many funny ways in the past. Yeah. But my wife quit her job and she wrote a nasty Ooh. letter on Ooh. paper to Printed? the boss. Oh, yeah. Typed it out. Fucking typed it out. Kept the copy for herself and <laughs> fucking sent it to the woman. Mailed it to the, to the woman that was running the catering Dang. there. 
It was good. It was good. It was mean as hell. When you send it in the mail, that's a sleeper. Like, you're putting that in motion. Yeah. Hit to drop a couple days later. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when Dang. imagine Being, uh, a curious a piece of mail. Myself, I don't know. I don't know. You get a piece of mail and you're like, what is this? What, what could it be? And you, you break it open and it's <laughs> like, oh, you're going to go, you're doing three or four paragraphs of how horrible I am as a person. Oh, <laughs> evil too. It is so hard not to read. It's oh, so yeah. hard. You can't not read it. It's like, yeah. you, it's not like you're just going to flush it and get it's rid of personal. it. Personal. Yeah. Yeah. It would be so much easier <laughs> to ignore online. Like, it's so hard to ignore it online. I hit delete on emails. I've hit somebody. There yeah. has been people that have been told me off on, on emails, bookers <laughs> and club owners that we've worked with that I have pissed off so bad that they, they did like an eight paragraph <laughs> screed against me. And I literally just hit delete on Damn. it and never saw what they ever said yeah. because <laughs> I didn't want to validate what their words Damn. were. But if they sent you. Oh, if it was a piece of mail, mail. I would have fucking broke my dinner table in half. I I would have karate chopped my dinner table in half. I know. It's great. It's great. I want to, maybe that's how the funny new way to quit, too. It's like, because she was, my wife was like, not only like, my wife was like, not only like, was she like pissed off at the woman and said, this is the bad ways that you manage the place. But also just said things that she didn't <laughs> like about her personal. Oh yeah, <laughs> just stuff to make her have a oh, complex. Yeah. Just well, to fill layer cake. You know? <laughs> yes, there has to be whipped cream. There has to be cherries. There has to be icing. <laughs> I've, oh, I, I mean, I. If you're putting it on some paper, <laughs> that'd I mean, be real. It's better than the way I do, which is just scream a bunch of stuff that will hopefully hurt their feelings but probably doesn't because when you look like me that when i get mad i have this look about me <laughs> that like you can totally just yeah. not you can like not take it seriously you know you're like this guy's just fucking crazy you know yeah. what i mean there, there was a so i i did collections in 2003 which straddled the line between like analog and digital so there was still pay phones at the mall and there would be customers that I would, there were still customer service people that I would talk to on the phone. And if they treated me like shit or were an asshole to me, I would write their phone number down. And like every time we went to go see a movie, I'd just walk right up to the payphone, dial their number. They would answer and I would just scream as loud as I could and say, hang it up for, you know, mon- for months on end. I would do it. You know, what's funny about that, you know, you that is- that is uh, information warfare. <laughs> that jogged a memory that I have that is like a little different, but like we used to hang out at this dude's house and, and smoke. His parents would let us smoke bongs in his bedroom, like even hooked up ventilation Holy to hell, <laughs> knock the weed out for him and everything. We could smoke cigarettes in there. It was great. And we would just hang out and sit on his waterbed and watch wrestling and stuff like that. But anytime. There was a telethon (laughs) on TV where they were raising money. We would call. And when they would put the camera on the people that were answering the phones, we would just scream as loud as we could into the phone and then find the person that answered our call. (laughs) And it was like the greatest prank that I think I ever did because oh, yeah. you got to see the other side of the prank call. Right. We never said any, like, I know you <laughs> won't believe this. We never said anything mean or hurtful. We literally just screamed as loud as we oh, could. It's a startle, and, right? Yeah. And as high pitch so that we could then see them go like this. 
They just yank, I, it, they just yank it away from their head. Yeah, it was funny. It was great. <laughs> so it's like you're hitting them with a giant sonar ping. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, it was great. It was so funny. It's so funny to see people reacting to you on TV. I got to tell you. There's nothing better than seeing people react to you. And you know you did it. Oh, yeah, you did it. You for sure did it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, thanks for calling in. It, it was very fun, and uh, uh, I hope you have Yo, a good evening. Quick, uh, is it okay if I um, is it okay if I plug my band camp? <laughs> Hell yeah, it my is. little uh, baby music project. It's you're gonna love this. Q R S T U V W X Y Z dot Bandcamp. Okay. Q R S T U V W X Y Z. Pronounced queer tooth with these. Okay. But you can call me a Roy. It's and, very uh, hard. It's such a pleasure talking to you both. Thank you. Thank you. It's so hard for me to hear <laughs> yeah. those letters in a row without putting the and in it. You know what I'm saying? With the Z? <laughs> yeah. yeah. QRSTVWXY and Z. I can't not do and. Yeah. I'm a sicko. No. it's. I mean, no, and is part of the alphabet. God, prank calling is so goddamn fun, bro. Prank calling? Oh, God. Dude, one of the simplest prank callings we used to do was we would call the grocery store and we would say, hey, do you have apple butter? And it was something that most of them had, but they didn't know. And so they would run all the way because in this time, the person that answered the phone had to just run and look at the shelf. And they would come back and they would say, we have apple butter. And then I would say... Do you have ass butter? (laughs) (laughs) And then it was over. They would either get mad or they would laugh with us or we just wasted somebody's time. That's what we did at the hardware store. Like, so we would call this hardware store and say, do you have hex nuts? And when they said yes, we'd say, where do you buy your underwear? Which actually doesn't even like make sense at all. Yeah, there's like, no, there's like you're not hitting like a, on me. Yeah, <laughs> it's like an odd joke because like it doesn't matter what your nuts are shaped. You're gonna yeah. buy your underwear at the same place. Well, actually, I think podcasting <laughs> proved that people need underwear designed for nut sacks. Okay, <laughs> right? Haven't th- those companies all are like designed around having special ball sack stuff? Okay, yeah, I didn't know that. But podcasts are making money off of it. But then the next thing that happened was. The next thing that happened was we we started to prank big lots, but like it was the least creative thing in the world. We would call and be like, hey, hey, do you guys sell cheap shit that breaks all the time? Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> On the phone? That's and funny. they would just like hang up immediately. Yeah. There's no funniness to yeah, it at you, all. You got to wrang- wrangle them in. There has to be a little bit of bait on the hook. Yeah. We you got to get into a conversation before. Like the jerky we- boys... Had come out after this, right? Yes, so okay. we didn't really ever hear a prank yeah, no guidance. call. Yeah, because we never heard the 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 bar one, right? The Reds bar. Yeah, son of a, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'll I come down there and I'll. We had never heard that yet. Uh-huh. And like uh, uh, the Jerky Boys came out, and then it was like, oh yeah, a funny prank call keeps them on the phone for a few minutes yeah but again still we never even did that because like i just i think i'm a funny guy now but i wasn't like creative at the time sure. where it was like I you were a child up, you were a child yeah. you're not expected to be you i know. couldn't come up with a bit 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I wish should... I would have come up with a bit though. It would have been very funny. There's a time when that uh there's a time when you're a minor and you can do some really creative prank calling, but then you become an adult and then you can go to jail for it and shit and it's like you can't do it anymore. Yeah. Would you do them if it was legal still to do I on the radio? Love... Would you do that as part Only of the show? Only if you promise to stay the night at my house. Okay. Okay. Like if me and if me and you and a couple of our friends are staying up all night and we're drinking, I would do some prank calls because there's nothing better to do than prank call at yeah. that point. Yeah. We, we used to always call this place and ask about truck washing. I don't know why we thought it was funny because my my buddy would just always say, "I need my truck washed." And they're like, "Okay." And they're like, "How do I get my truck washed?" And they're like, "Well, I mean, you need to bring it down." He would just <laughs> not say, a joke. He it's just kept saying, "I need my truck washed." And yeah. See how long they would go until they hung up. But it's funny to do the circular talking. I do to. like that. All right, and also uh, you got to remember, soundboards came out, so there was still Dylan. You can still do, uh, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger soundboards by the time I was graduating high school. Dylan! I had an apartment to myself, and I could hook up a soundboard to the telephone and make any call I wanted. God, I was so fucking lazy, because I never did the soundboard calls or anything. But I was older than you. Yeah, I have five years on you. Yes. So the soundboards came out, and I was probably like twenty five. Yeah, <laughs> like if I was. Yeah, tw- I, was I was twenty five. I was one year away from getting Katie pregnant. It's like that's as a drug addict. It's just like I couldn't drink yet when yeah. I was doing it. <laughs> yeah. I was still having someone else. I was paying a premium for beer for someone else to buy it for me. Yeah. All yeah. right. Next call. Then we're gonna take a break. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Oh, man, this is perfect timing. I just walked back into my house. Cool. Oh, we planned that, actually. We're watching you. Yep. Yeah, no, this is uh, Danny from Brooklyn, uh, the bike messenger, and I, I literally just got back from uh, delivering food via the app. Okay. Ooh, what okay. Kind of, what kind of food? What you delivering? Do you know what they're ordering? Um what people are ordering currently? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, what I'm saying is, like, when you get an order, do you know what's in the order? Do they say a couple fettuccines and a shrimp yeah. scampi? Or do you just know it costs this much and I got to drop it off? Uh, okay, so I will get the information from the, like, where the location of the restaurant is and how far it is and all that stuff. But when you're first getting the prompt, that says, do you want to accept this order? It does not say what exactly is in there. But, like, you know, depending on the uh, the place that you're going to, you can kind of make some educated guesses. Right. Um, so, obviously, there's, like, this place called King's Imperial Chinese Food in Brooklyn. And, you know, whenever I get an order from there, I can, like, reasonably expect, like, to be carrying, like, you know, a, a medium to small grocery bag full of food, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, like, maybe every once in a while, somebody will, like, order, like, 12 things, and it'll be a lot of food. Yeah, because I have a thing where it's, like, when people drop my food off, I think they're making fun of, like, my order, you know? Like, just in the car. They're not, like, (laughs) maybe they text their friend, like, They have a podcast. Not they a call pot, it dip yeah. shits that order from Grubhub the podcast. <laughs> yeah, and they're one on iTunes. They're just like this guy fucking ordered three large fries for one hamburger. He didn't even get a combo. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this guy never orders drinks. There are some weird. There's some. 
there's some weird orders that people do. Like there was this bakery, it's called um, like Lafayne Bakery, you know, in Williamsburg. And um, I'll get order offers from there and they'll be like, it's like, oh, do you want to do this delivery? Uh, the proposed amount you'll probably earn is $6. So it's only like a $1 tip. And I'm just like, no, I'm not, I'm can't, I'm declining this order because you're ordering like pastries that are going to like some fancy place in like the middle of Brooklyn and you're only tipping a dollar. And like, I, I get what you're doing. Like it makes sense to tip a dollar. If you are coming into the bakery, you just, you know, put it in the little like tip jar and whatever, but it's just like, I, I can't, no way. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Like, and I just immediately get rid of those orders. I'm not getting off the couch for six fucking dollars. I'd wipe my ass with six dollars. Yeah. I mean, I was so, the thing about it is like, I was so nervous uh, uh, about getting a bad, getting in trouble for canceling when I did Lyft. Cause there were times where I was like, I just, I want to cancel this because yeah. like, there's no fucking reason to drive somebody two blocks. I get four bucks. It's like a waste of my time. You know, Yeah, you have to get all the way there. Yeah. You're going to spend twice the amount of time getting to their side of town to drive them a half mile. But you get in trouble for canceling on people. Like I only canceled once the whole time is because I fucking rear ended somebody or no, I got rear ended. I did not. But like that was the only time I did. So, but uh, I'm sorry I derailed you there. What's going on tonight? Oh, um, I was curious. I wanted to um, ask Brett this. Um, I think he might be able, he might have some, some theories on this. Uh, do you think that uh, Max Verstappen is just kind of dumb and young and really good at driving an F1 car? And that's why he didn't um, kneel when they first started doing racing again. Or do you think he's actually racist? Um, there's been a few guys in F1 that didn't kneel that like kind of bum me out. And they all get this kind of blanket thing where they get to say like, oh, in my country, kneeling means a different thing or it would affect somebody else in different sure. ways. Um, I, I, I have to say it, it's all a cop out. I, I think, at the, I mean, I really think it's just an opportunity to say, um, you know, I'm worried about the backlash. I'm worried about making like racist mad in a way it, it is. It's, 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 it's annoying and it's upsetting that they can't be unified about it because it is neat that like formula one does have people kneeling through the anthem. I watched NASCAR today. And nobody is kneeling through the anthem, but you know, fourteen, fourteen of the drivers, oh, no. <laughs> fourteen of the Formula One drivers kneeling through the anthem, I feel like is a is a, is a large statement. But to see like Leclerc not doing it and people in McLaren, uh, it, it really is. It should be a unified thing. I, I think that it's just the right thing to do, and they they should be a unified front. You know, and and I mean Hamilton talked to. Gross, John, about it, right? Like he had to, like a a heart to heart conversation with him. I don't know. It, it, it's tough. I mean, I think I think Max Verstappen is a, a very lucky, privileged guy. Part of the reason that I like Formula One is that it is like a complete escape for me. It's kind of like watching Japanese media and Japanese video games. It's a world that, like, yeah. is, uh, that I don't know completely. So I think that's why I'm able to go in there. But 
I, I think that Max is just too has too much going for him. Has been set up for too long that it's he. You'd have to be the Buddha to step down from like his position, right? <laughs> like that. That's all you're. That's what you're yeah. asking of some of these people. Like Albon. Yeah, I, I, think I, I like the I think Albon story. Guys. I think Albon is has a great story, and I think he's using the car well. But Verstappen is just going to be uh, someone that would rather ignore the pain of acknowledging their privilege. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. It, I, I just think I forget. You know, I, I got into it a little bit. I don't watch the races, uh, but, like, uh, I got into it from the Netflix series. Um, I can't remember what it's Drive called. Drive to Survive. But it's, it's on there. And if you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's so funny because you look at these guys who are driving these incredibly insane cars and you're like, wow, that takes so much skill to do. And then they're just like, yes, this guy just turned 22. And you're like, oh, oh yeah, you guys are, you're, you're fucking dumb. <laughs> like you're really good at driving a car. Like you're absolutely the best in the world at it, but like you have no life experience <laughs> yeah. driving this car. So, I mean, I, I mean, there is always like the weird chance that they're like, they have the weird sort of like, European, European kind of style, like, you know, aversion to non-white people. Like there's yeah. always that possibility, but like, uh, I don't know. I only mentioned Max Verstappen too, just because like, like he's got like, oh man, I mean, he just has the most bizarre face. Like <laughs> he always looks like he just, he has sharp features. He looks like he's been, he looks like he's just been like drinking piss for like five years. Like he just has like this sour puss face on all the time, and uh, I don't know, man. There's something he's very oddly disconcerting to me. You Dude, know, his win today was absolutely fantastic, and I love how he has taken to the boredom of racing to start asking to telling like the people in the garage and the paddock to uh, drink their water and get their hydration. Uh, but I, I think you're right. In, I think you're right in the way, like on the basement show this week when we talked about the NBA and the bubble. In that, uh, you know, when I was 23 years old, I really did say some stuff that would make Street Fight not a viable option for my career anymore. You know, like there was thing I yeah. floated or thought about things and I didn't. I was care. I was more careless at younger times in my life. And yeah, it, it is like I've I've. I'm trying to, uh, racing is something that I'm transitioning into because wrestling doesn't have a season, which is annoying that it doesn't like stop and that it's constantly going, which means they have to constantly make shit up. So I really am enjoying racing mm -hmm. and I'm enjoying the way that there's a finite season and that the results are real and that the people competing for these things, it's based off of like their skill level. But at the same time, I am now like an older man that is worried about the 21 year olds. Like Lando Norris is like my guy. I think he's the coolest dude in the world and he's probably can't drink a beer in America. Like wherever <laughs> in Britain, it's a different deal, but like, sure, sure. like the, these guys are, uh, you know, are not experienced in the world. And, and I, you know, I, I think that, you know, Lewis Hamilton has done a great job in leading Formula One to make a statement about this type of stuff. But um, in the end, it doesn't come off as like a unified front, especially when they're doing hashtags like we race as one and you don't have everybody kneeling, you know, for for, you know, Black Lives Matter at the beginning. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly just surprised they couldn't even do it. I mean, uh, the entire industry of that sport is so controlled by money that, they, I mean, there has to be somewhere in their contracts where they basically sign away, like, like their life, where they're like, hey, if you're driving this, like, 3,000-horsepower car, um, you, you do what we say. Like, you, you have to do what we say. And, you know, there's only 20 of them racing in the entire world. So I'm, I'm really surprised that they couldn't just be like, Oh yeah, uh, Neil, or else you're fucking fired. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I don't know. I guess they have a little bit more autonomy, um, and that it's, uh, it's weird. Um, yeah, the driver, but, uh, they do have, rep- there was a driver's association. Like they do get to, they are represented in it or able to like do what they want. So, uh, really, it, it's just a matter of, uh, identifying the folks that aren't willing to work with what's coming in the world. I think that that like there's a lot of momentum building in a, in a certain way and there are people at this point that are going to decide to not roll with that and uh the school of fish and where we're heading and you know I guess that's this is their opportunity to to like not make a stand, you know. Yeah, it's uh I mean, I guess we'll see what happens. Um um, besides that, I just wanted to uh, say to Brian too, like if you have any more car troubles, you should get, you got to get a Prius, man. Like get an old Prius. Get I'm driving one, like 100, one miles on it. Dude. I'm borrowing one right now and I do enjoy it. It's like a little game you play to not use the battery or to not use gas. It's, it's wonderful. It's, it's made me drive slower driving a Prius because like if you step on the gas, it uses gas Yeah, and there's like a green meter in it that goes up and if the green meter doesn't turn red Mm -hmm. you're all battery you're all battery so i try to keep the meter green which is it takes me a very long time to get up to speed on the freeway when i leave here (laughs) who cares yeah it's midnight it's sunday you know baby yeah i love it it's a great game it's a good game i like uh i watch a lot of like car youtube stuff and uh there's a there's this guy I watch who, who calls himself the car wizard. And basically every time he gets an opportunity, he's like this guy from Kansas. So he has this really odd kind of like accent where I'll just feel like, um, he's a, he's a car garage owner. And I'll just be like, I can't explain this to you guys enough that you have to buy a Toyota. They're the best cars that have ever existed. That's what they people never say. Break. Yeah. They just, uh, and like you can get them for like, you know, 3,000 bucks and like they'll have like 100,000 miles on it, but it won't matter because they'll last till like 400,000 miles. Like they just don't break. Yeah. Yeah. It would be nice. I mean, I, I, I think that like at some point I'm going to try to go hybrid or electric. Like I do like the idea of it. It just is so expensive. You know, the cars actually are expensive. Not but, used. I, yeah, I know. But I said I'm not buying any more used cars. Oh, you know, I can tell this when we get back from break, but oh boy, do I have a story for you. All right. Uh, Well, thanks for calling in. We're going to hit our break here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, It was a fun time listening to you while I was uh, delivering Chinese food. Thank you. I I, appreciate it. I'm glad you liked it. Peace. Have a good night. All right. Uh, tonight we have for you one of our favorites. I think we've played them before, but I just want to do something good. So we have the window smashing job creators 
This is their album, uh, Full Unemployment. You can find them at the window smashing job They are out of Olympia, Washington, the legendary home of good music. And uh, we will be back after this.
Hey everybody, welcome to Street Fight Radio. I'm surviving a dab right now. Uh, so glad you tuned in. You can find us, if you want to watch the show, we're on Facebook, Twitch, no, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube as Street Fight WCRS. But if you go to twitch.tv slash Street Fight Radio, that's how you find us on there. Uh, you can use your Amazon Prime free subscription to send us a few bucks uh, if you want a free way to support the show. Other than that, we have plenty more content over on patreon.com slash streetfightradio, uh, as always. And uh, please hook up all of our former callers that uh, give them likes and loves and follows and Venmos and all that stuff. Thank you to the window-smashing job creators. Uh, we love what you do. You get a lot of play on Street Fight because people love it. So we're happy to play it again. You can find them at the window smashing job creators.bandcamp.com uh buy that album full unemployment it's a fucking banger uh we got a couple of calls in the queue and i think i'm ready to take them how about you yeah i wanted to tell you this okay before we take the call i gotta so, catch my breath <clears throat> so uh i um had heard some stuff about recalls on the kia soul oh so i called their number to see if my engine was one of the ones that got recalled and it wasn't and then two days later i got a thing in the mail that was like uh basically like hey if you want to cash in on your warranty just make sure you have every single receipt for all the maintenance you've ever done on your car what <laughs> it was just such a weird thing because it was like they were saying like this guy's gonna try to do a warranty thing they flagged let's let you no yeah let's let this motherfucker know that if you uh if he wants to he's gonna need every oil change receipt he has Best. every time he's put gas in the car receipt best defense is a good offense yeah yeah they brought it right to you like you better tell us what you did to this fucking thing first yeah yeah and it's like i'll just tell them i never did an oil change then yeah you know yeah i don't have any receipts i don't have any receipts <laughs> like why would you keep those re to yeah to get get your money yeah i just Take hate receipts man i'm not a receipt guy man i'm a, i am uh when somebody says do you want your receipt i say no Every time, I'm trying to save paper. Smart, yeah, yeah. I have that extra care trash thing for uh, uh, CVS. Never used it once because I can't. You pay get for myself it? to keep the receipt. I don't think I pay for it, but I have it, and they will like just straight up give you like three dollars off, and uh, I just never have the receipt on me. I have a CVS at the end of my street. I've been. Pimping that extra care reward system like crazy. Wow. Oh, I went in there. I had a hundred dollar bill and got it knocked down to 65. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And then they gave me a whole pile of coupons on the way out that I got to use next time. God damn, man. I don't know how to use it. I didn't know that it was on the stupid uh, thing. You know, I didn't know it was on the. Uh, I didn't know that it was on the receipt that you had to keep the receipt, which is like such a foolproof way to make sure that nobody like very few people use it, you know, because most people don't want to deal with the receipt. And, you know, the CBS ones, especially people don't want to deal with. Yeah. They're so big. You they're know? huge. They're just so big. All right. Well, let's get another call in here. Shout out to uh, Nick, who's watching the show on break at Walmart right now. Oh, hey, what's going on at Walmart? You know, I wish I, I uh, that's a hard job. I hear you're, you're basically fighting people. 
now because yeah. they come in without a mask and I you got to stop them. Yeah. Thanks for calling Street Fighter. Who are we talking to tonight? A skeleton? Hey, uh, it is not a skeleton. Uh, this is Jordan from Columbus. What's up, Jordan? How's it going? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Uh, pretty good. You know, I was going to do a bit where I said, like, yes, yeah, the skeleton is the admin from the share zone, but then I thought you just dropped me. Um, yeah, well, we've had the admin no, from um, the share zone. <laughs> yeah, we know the admin. <laughs> I know a bunch of the share zone people. <laughs> That's like one of my favorite accounts to ever exist. Um, Very funny. I just wanted to call in and uh, complain about work. What's up? Um, That's why we're here. Yeah, so I'm a. My second job is uh, part time valet at a hotel. All right. Um, in Columbus, uh, it's downtown. It's on Third Street. Um, but I just something my. Well, my boss's boss said the other day that kind of like caught me off guard and bothered me was that like in valet, you kind of, it's, I guess it's probably like serving where you send people home when you're, you know, the numbers go down. Yeah. And since there's just one of us there, they're saying, you know, if there's not that many check-ins left, you can go home because every dollar counts. And I was like, shouldn't that work the other way too? Like every dollar counts for me too. Um, but there's that, and then just the way that customers are, I guess, behaving. Yeah, you mean um, pretty bad. They, sending you home too early without letting you like make money. Yeah, because they're like, you know, if the check-ins are low or something, you can go home. And I'm like, well, I'm still making my hourly. Like, even though it's below minimum wage, I still want to stay and get that full. That like stay my scheduled hours and shit. So. Yeah, oh, you are sense. a better person than I am, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Because I'm, I was always like, uh, "Yeah, I'll figure out the money later." I, I would like to actually go home. <laughs> How are, are people being more generous to valets in COVID times? Um, some people are. They've some people have thrown me big tips and been like, "Here, I know you guys aren't doing too hot, you know." But um, I'm just kind of fed up with all the mask stuff people not wearing masks um especially because the hotel like they just corporate just said like we have a mask policy in our hotel i'm like that's great it's like four months too late but yeah um, should have done been I done. Guess better now than never <laughs> yeah um but it, it's like it feels like trying to like i'm running a daycare trying to get people to get masks on before they enter the hotel yeah, that I think that's hard for every every business at this point is like I've noticed that a lot of them have signs on the door now that say put your mask on before you come in because people are walking in and like being like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Let me put it on, you know, <laughs> which is I mean, I yeah. think it's a, it's it's probably mostly a mistake, but I kind of have gotten to the point now where it when I'm walking through the door of a public place, it feels weird not to put a mask on, you know? Yeah. Which I haven't done, but but, it feels like just, I'm, I, there's not accidents with me anymore. I wake up and put a mask in my pocket as soon as I get up. Right. But it's become, it has become a thing where, uh, I mean, I watched a woman, a black woman at Walmart 
have a guy yank on her fucking hair and like wrestle her to the ground for telling him that he can't come on without a mask. Like we're, we're in these circumstances now where people are required to police or like you said, babysit people. Like you're the person that parks the car. You're not part of safety. Like you're not paid to, to make sure that people don't wear a mask. And if they're going to try to fight you over it, like that is, that is uh, a bump in pay in my mind. You mean just like when I did customer service, if you did cancellations, like if you were the person that talked to the people and convinced them not to cancel, you made more money. When you work the late shift, you made more money. If you put yourself at risk, you get more. But now they have all these people that are just supposed to do their same old damn job and all of a sudden police the public that that is going to take out all of their frustrations on some fucking, you know, employee that's making less than minimum wage. Yeah, exactly. And they they have the the doors locked. Like once you get your room key, you can unlock it. But you know, we're out there. We're the job is kind of kissing ass to get tips. Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm opening the door for, I'm opening the door for people and stuff like that. And that's where it's kind of like, I'm not going to open this damn door until you put on your mask. And, um, just when like people are having weddings and stuff and when people get drunk, I'm telling like the same people multiple times a night, like put on the mask. Please. They're trying to pull their shirt over their face and stuff. It's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, that, what's your, what's your like customer service voice? Can, could you do it real quick? Could you say like, Oh, that's a nice ride, man. <laughs> could you do what you say? Like that's a tight whip or something. Um, I guess if, if you kind of like can recognize the person would respond well to that. <laughs> if you're trying to get the um, tip, you got to like, you, you got to try to go ahead. You usually try to compliment like their shirt or something cool like that. Oh, that makes sense. Um, that makes sense. I get that now. I say, I, I, you know, my have- only customer service voice thing is, is that I will say, I don't do customer service anymore, but in the past, it was always like you could tell I was doing customer service guy because I would say sir or ma'am. Oh, no, ma'am. Sorry. No. Oh, no, sir. So I, you know, I'm sorry, ma'am. We don't we don't do that at Spectrum. Yeah, sir. We don't. I'm sorry. My manager has said that I can't do that. That's my move It's like I'm just trying to turn everybody against my manager. Everybody, you know, the other words as politely as possible. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate customer service voice. Like that was the worst part of all of my jobs were customer service jobs. And it's like, uh, uh, I do this thing also where I would be like, if I had to say, you know, yes, no. Okay. Yes. Oh no. And, uh, uh, okay. That's okay. How, that's who would say it. Yeah. Just okay. Cause that's what I think nice people sound like. You know, yeah, it was like, like one of those things. Oakley, yeah, where you're trying to say you're you're like trying to uh, uh, you're trying to act like a nice person. You're trying to be, you know, you put on a little Pretend n- that niceness nice. show there, which is always fun to do. Because you know, if you don't know what a nice person sounds like, then it's very hard to do it. Yeah, it comes off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's got to be weird to be getting in people's cars now. I haven't been like taking lifts or anything like that because I. Yeah, I bet you can hold your breath real well. Yeah, I mean that's probably what I would fucking try to do. I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
plug your nose, put your fingers in your nose and hold your breath and your uh, your ears. It Close your, your eyes. Ears, right? Drive just by sense. Yeah. That's how you should. Be transcendent behind the wheel. Yeah. Just by feel, wind, humidity. That's a tough job, though. You got to, like, you got to. It's What's like, that's just the second job? What's the main job? Yeah. Uh, I'm an analyst for an evil corporation. Cool. Oh, jeez. They're all evil. But. You got to go work for a corporation and then get screamed at by people about their cars. You know what I mean? Are people dicks about the cars? Do you ever get accused of breaking something? Um, sometimes, um, people will file a claim and usually it doesn't actually go through. Okay. Uh, the company's just like, yeah, we're not going to pay that out. (laughs) They're like, that scratches of the color of the paint in our garage. So, um, Oh, that's smooth. Yeah. The company has their own, they're looking out for themselves. Like you're kind of collected in that they're like, we're not going to be responsible for the dipshits that we hire. Yeah. (laughs) Have you messed anybody's car up? You're not a dipshit. But they normally hire you. Have you done anything um, to mess a car up? Because I, I will say this right now. Uh, uh, I have messed up so many things, so many customers' things in all of my jobs. Uh, I will say I don't have any claims uh, on wow. my record since like 2013. <laughs> um, what about but like. I will also say. Uh, Avoid valeting your car at all costs. <laughs> really? Do, so, like, what about what about nice cars? Like, do you ever like run the guts out of something that's like cool to drive? You ever like just burning around a corner, allegedly, like on a video um, game? <laughs> Back in the day when I was parking cars at like in the short north, um, and we actually had large stretches of road. Yes, but our hotel, the parking garage, is very short stretches. So. Oh, that's yeah, people can hear you. So I don't. Oh, that would What's be the... so goddamn funny. If you're driving like you, you pull your muscle car up to the hotel and you fucking get out and you're, you're still like collecting your stuff to walk in to do the checkout. And you just hear, <laughs> we just hear it burning out all the way up. Like it's just like all the way up, like a parking structure up the whole, whole, whole thing. Yeah. So I, if I did that, I would pull up and go to hand the keys, and you know what I'd say? Have fun. You know? Yeah, I would. Have fun, my guy. That is a good move. That is really when you, like, if you care too much, it looks bad. But if you're like, you know, you know, go ahead, test it. I yeah. bet you can't. I mean, I I bought it so that it would show you know, be badass. Yeah, you know, you get to drive this car. This is a very big privilege. I'm paying you. F- I'm paying you to drive this, but it's actually a privilege. Yeah, go nuts. Just go fucking crazy. Go nuts for forty this bucks. Car. Yeah, yeah. Um, I. So what's the, what's like the, what is like the coolest car you've ever got to fucking drive? You got to park. Um, a manual Aston Martin. Oh, it was the coolest. God, you pay what? all that money for an Aston Martin and they give you a manual. It can't give you an automatic transmission. What you year? Know? Like a new one? I think it, I think it was like an 09. This was probably back in 2013. Okay. But I would prefer the manual to the automatic. See, that's I why I fun. can't be a valet because I can't drive a manual at all. 
I understand the oh, concept. You could be a valet at our hotel. Yeah, I understand the concept of a manual, like what it needs to do, and like I I I know roughly when to shift. It's I can't work the clutch. The clutch has always been because it's all like the clutch isn't just like a button, you know. It's oh, a, you gotta like do all kinds of stuff to it while you're working it's, it's with it. It's about feel. It's about passion. It's about That's spirit. It. That's exactly it. That's why I hated it because it was like just one of those things that you can't. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know how people learned how to drive them because I have driven manuals and never gotten it right. Not even ever came close to getting well, it right. Yeah, I mean, my dad cussed me out up and down and and shamed me and thought I was pathetic because I couldn't make it happen. I could do that for you. If you want to go get a manual, I'll like really shame you and make you feel bad about it until you want to prove me wrong. Cause I think you could do it out of spite. I think you got to do it out of spite. Oh, uh, that's you got to do learn? it. Cause you hate your dad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, but also actually the racing thing for me, I've realized it's, it has opened up this thing where now I can have a proper midlife crisis because I drive a minivan right now and I haven't had a manual car for a very long time. And more than anything in the world, I want to shift gears. I want to fucking drive a car real fast and recklessly. And also I've set myself up because like on my 50th birthday, my wife can buy me like a NASCAR experience and like I'll get to be as ha I'll get to drive 200 miles an hour and it'll be like the best thing ever. Wait, they do that? But yeah, oh yeah. How much is all the old guys experience? get that? How Every, much is that? A couple hundred bucks. It's retirement money. No, just use show money. So do it. I want you to do it. When man. we did the show in Seattle the last time, um, I took a lift all by myself to go get the rental car, and the guy that picked me up was retired in his sixties, and uh, he told me that he was just in Las Vegas and that his wife rented a Lamborghini for him and he got to drive it for two hours and it was like the best thing in his life. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to put that down. Like, it feels like an easy win. If I just put that down on my bucket list is something I want to do, then like, that's a, that, I, I wouldn't mind going 200 miles an hour. Lamborghini's manual probably, right? Yeah. Paddle shifter though. Mm, I don't know, man. I, I really... It yeah. would be nice for me to be able to drive a manual. Maybe I'll learn. Maybe I will rent Let's a manual. Let's get a fucking car, man. Yeah, we got to see if we can find somebody that has a manual transmission. I used to do dangerous car. Like, this is, racing is not new. I used to, like, I when I was graduated high school, Fast and the Furious came out. So I put a blow-off valve on my car. I put a cat-back exhaust system on my car, okay? Like, I took it to the track. I dynoed a fucking car before, and uh, I'm ready to, to start getting reckless with automobiles again. Right, and something I know about people that know how to drive a manual is that, like, it's their favorite thing in the world to drive a manual. That bugs me about people that it's, know how to drive yeah, one. Yeah, I don't know. It's not, it's not that. I mean... Mm. No, it is. It is it's the thing not now. Good to, it's not good for your everyday car. It's very obnoxious for your everyday car. But that's but people who drive them, they're I like, them. I always want, I want to one. just have one. I wish know? they would. Yeah, I would take one. Sorry. I think my wife knows how to do it. Kill toe, baby. Just dump it and burn out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know how. <laughs> you got but, to. You know. You will. Well, thanks for calling in. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for the show. It's been uh, 
the chat has been really fun during quarantine, not being able to hang out and stuff. It's kind of like twice a week. I got a different close group of friends and stuff. So appreciate all you guys do. Hell yeah. That's great. Thanks. I wonder, uh, uh, well, I can't, I can't ask because the, uh, I, I wonder if, uh, Jordan works at the same hotel that my sister does. No, I mean, (laughs) no, that's not the same roads. They said third. I think I know which one it is. Oh, 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 yeah, I know too. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, also manuals are good. You can get good gas mileage out of them. Like you're in control of the gas. No, I don't hypercycle. It's got to be like the smallest. It's like point. It's like a a penny. Like a no, not like a Prius. It's actually not. Priuses make you money. It's not that they make you money. It's that like there is a way to drive without using gas, right? In a Prius, whereas with a manual, you're always going to be using gas, and yeah. you do that little like you have power tiny wheels. roll when you're part when you're stopped on a hill. Yeah, that little tiny roll back that happens is like that's not cool, you For know. While you're doing the clutch and all that stuff, oh, you don't it's have to always roll. like a the smallest little roll. Yeah, you know? not everybody rolls. Mm, people I know did. They're rollers. I, I know. I yeah. I gotta learn it because that's why I haven't ridden a dirt bike either. They're not really. making them anymore. There's. I don't know. I mean, what? Unless you are you gonna get an old car? I don't know. You should. But it would open up get like my a three on tree fucking uh, pickup truck or something. Yeah, that's what my wife wants an old pickup truck. Yeah, she wants us to be cowboys. Cowboy family. Yeah, I mean, minivan is tough because people borrow our fucking van all the time to get wood and lumber and any large... Like, it's cl- it's halfway to a pickup truck. Yeah. But once you have a straight-up pickup truck, like, we're going to be using that thing to go to Lima uh, to get a hutch or something all the time. Yeah, that would be cool. I mean, that's a good thing to have. And you got a pickup truck. Sure big fucking nasty looking engine in it because it's like old it's like an eight because we like those 80s ones that most people would call which ugly. ones uh let me like a silverado yeah like like Chevy's? that kind what, what, of thing uh well we're Ford? not we're not partial you're not brand loyal to any car i thought y'all no. were mopar no you had a you had a Nova. Chevelle. We, we, yeah, you had a we Nova. started dating. She drove a Nova. Yeah, but real guys wear bow ties. It was because that. it was 400 bucks. Okay. You know, is that a Chevy bow tie? Yeah. Yeah, we're Chevy. Chevy's the people, bow tie. You know? Um, for gentlemen. Yeah. Gentlemen, yeah. non-binary, gentle people. I actually want a van. Like, but like an yeah, 80s Yeah, you can have van. a lot of good sex in a van, man. Yeah, that's probably what we would do, too, <laughs> all the time. It would be crazy. All it's day. like a living room on wheels. Yeah, van life is a great choice. It's hard. I mean, you have to figure out how you're going to retire. Are you going to haul shit or are you going to, you know, uh, drive to a van convention and have a 4G? Yeah. A Silverado. Chevy Silverado. An, 80, Silverado's an 84 Silverado is the kind of car we want to have. I mean, those have, there's no rounded edges on that thing. Yeah, that's what we like. It's, we like it's the, a, just a fucking box. Or an 85 Silverado. Just that look is so cool. That's, I mean, I don't think we'll get one. You're going to do Restomon? I don't You're know. You're going to have like a brand new engine. They like rebuild it to factory back in the day and you pay out the ass for it up front. You pay new car prices, but they give you a new car. I mean, that would be fun, you know? Yeah, let's get let's do that for Brian, everybody. Let's, listeners, let's do that for Brian. Let's give yeah. him a resto mod. Get a big swing side. 
<laughs> cool pickup truck and get suicide doors added on it my, instead of the My neighbor doors. had a fucking Silverado. He had an El Camino, too. El Camino's cool. My neighbor had an El Camino, too, growing up. He was the... He really was the... He was so Chevy loyal that I don't know why, but he just insisted on it, and it was... That's what he ran with. Next call... God, El Camino's were so cool, man. Oh, hell yeah, man. Oh one, of the, one of the greatest. God. Thanks. What a fucking great idea that car Hello? was. Hey, what's up? Who's this? Is it, is it me? Yep, this is you. Oh, sweet. Yeah, this is Jason. I'm in Portland right now. Uh, just calling in to see what's up. Uh, had a long day. I just, I, I stink. I've been working with animal hides most of the day. Wait, what? Yeah, I mean, what you- do you do with animals? Uh, so during the pandemic, I've taken up a couple hobbies, and one of them <laughs> is canning leather. Gross. So wow. I was doing that today. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, here's the thing about this. I admire you for this because since the pandemic, I have not taken on any hobbies at all. I, like, that no, I should. I've read, yeah. I've read more books than usual since the pandemic. I've read reading's a hobby. Eh, not really. Reading's just a thing you do. Not you me. Know? I haven't done as much as I probably you have. But what I'm saying I've is I've watched more Formula One racing. Reading is for me is basically watching TV. It's like a passive activity that I do. Because I like reading. Like reading I like makes your brain big as shit though. What? Like, reading makes your brain yeah. big as shit, but you like, can TV, try it. TV is you just can like try it reading, ball. you know? I feel like I feel like as long as you're able to try at it, like you know, try hard at it. Like that's a hobby, right? I feel like it doesn't feel you like you can't really enough. try hard at watching TV. Right. Yeah, but I don't think reading is for me, especially the way I do it. And you know, I I just I just read like until I fall asleep. Like I climb in bed and I read. Some nights that's an hour. Some nights that's two hours. Sometimes it's twenty minutes. You're I'm not like to go forcing to myself to get through books. You know, I don't like ever just sit down and read a book. You don't have like a chaise lounge that you you splay yourself on to get some reading in. No, a no. Pipe to go with your book. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And the books okay. I'm reading aren't like big brain guy books, dude. I read a, an oral no. history of heavy metal, no. an oral history of seventies punk, and now I'm reading an oral history of hardcore music. <laughs> I don't think you should say any counts less than the other. I think it's all the same. Like, taking words into your fucking head counts no matter how they're arranged, really. Yeah. It's just something... It's like, a hobby, man. Like, when I, that's like only people interested in looking at words are, are reading. When I graduated college, <laughs> I made a conscious choice that it was like, well, you know, I haven't read for so much of my life. Like, I haven't... I didn't read a lot in my 20s or my early 30s. And then I went to college and I had to read a lot. And I said, you know what? I always felt kind of bad that I didn't read very much before that. Like, it was always just a little thing in the back of my mind. Like, oh, you don't read, dude. Yeah. You just don't read books or anything. How you out here not reading? Yeah. What's wrong with you? You know, it's like when I eat poorly. You know, yeah, that it's like that bad feeling later that I had that was like a nagging thing because yeah. it's like you should read more books. Yeah, you can't have just grease for breakfast. Yeah, so when I got out 
of so when i got out of college i made a deal with myself where i said like i'm just gonna keep reading i will always be reading a book from from here on out and like like some president stories that sounds like a george w bush thing that he would say (laughs) why it just was like i will keep it up i'm gonna keep this up for the way that i'm reading now I'm going to keep this up. And that was kind of the way I was. But I don't read as much as I did in college at all. Yeah, you, you read know? because it's so fucking boring. It makes you go to bed. That's part of that's true. Part of that is true. <laughs> but sometimes it keeps me up. You know, yeah, it's true. Like I was reading uh, Louder Than Hell. I was reading Louder Than Hell, that metal book. And the chapters sometimes were like 56 pages long. And I would read a whole chapter in one night. Right. And then I would flip the page to the next chapter and it would, I remember there's a night I read 60, a 60 page chapter about some kind of metal, flip the page and the next chapter was new metal. And I was like, well, now how am I supposed to put this thing down now? You know? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, this seems so unfair to me. What I wouldn't give for a feeling like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that only, that happens rarely. But it was like, even just the other night, I read like a 35 page chapter in American Hardcore. And then the next chapter was Minor Threat. And it's like, well, fuck, dude. You know, that's what I'm actually here for is to read about Minor Threat. The other chapter was like, I don't know if this is because I got the second edition of the book. It's just paragraph after paragraph after paragraph of a of a guy saying like bands that released like one seven inch and like that just they existed that it was like this person was in this band that had one seven inch bumbling crooks had the really good seven inch back in 81 and then that led to the hamburger thieves yeah and And it's just fucking it always gets too deep on that stuff some it can and it there but there's no other i feel like that's the hobby yeah, yeah, I think it is kind of the hot. Through a bunch of boring stuff and finding the good stuff. Like, that is actually the hard part of reading. Well, I did skip some pages when I saw that. I was like, God damn, it really is just like, like you said, the, uh, the Piss Bandits released one seven inch and it had Harvey uh, Johnson on it and, and he worked with Sheila McGee and they later went on to be in a band called the the crumbling penises you know what yes, i mean yes like and, and you're just Important like stuff and and then and then it's like oh now we're on to the crumbling penises they released one seven inch called like don't stick your dick in my keyhole yeah and on the other side of that they did a cover of louie louie which was very which it actually inspired a band called uh Revolting christ yeah feces orchid which actually they released a set and it's just like why did you put all of this in here like, I, kinda, I really want to read about minor threat black flag ssd control like the bands that were like foundational yeah. to bad brains you know, I want to read about those the foundational bands. I do not care yeah. what Chuck Biscuits was doing <laughs> in his first three bands. You right. know, okay. Chuck okay. Biscuits is a uh, is is actually a hardcore yeah, legend, guy, isn't he? Yeah. What's he in? No idea. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. Chuck Biscuits. 
Uh, this is music, by the way, that like I'm never gonna listen to because it seems so not fun to me. I mean, I like Minor Thread. I do. I'll say this. I do like Minor Thread. He's into Circle Jerks. Chuck Biscuits in was into Circle Danzig Jerks. Danzig, too. Your band. Yep. Danzig, Black Flag, DOA. Oh, but, dude, a lot of the hardcore and punk guys did some time in Danzig. I mean, everybody from Typo Negative has been in Danzig's band, except for Peter Steele. Yeah. So. Yeah. I. I uh, what other hobbies did you pick up other than tanning leather because that is that seems like a fucking that's a real hobby there that is like the real deal shit you know where you learn you learn a skill that also ends with you having a product at the end you know then none of that you don't get none of that with a book you just get to know the name chuck biscuits Hey, don't sell yourself short. You, you take that knowledge, you turn it into a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Chuck Biscuits did just come up on the show, so that is true. Yeah. What other things are you doing? <laughs> uh, so I got, I started getting into leather tanning. I, so what sort of happened was I started working for this guy who, you know, he's 10 years older than me. He's been learning a lot of these kinds of skills, like, farm farmstead skills and he knows how to graft fruit tree buds fruit tree branches onto rootstock so you can plant fruit trees in your yard without needing to nurture them from seed because it's much easier that way all right okay so that's something i've been learning how I to can do dig that and the third thing has been um Kind of a personal detail, but I have, I have memory problems somewhat. I have a bad short-term memory. So learning has always been challenging for me. But lately I've been using, uh, I've been like using special study software to retain things more and it's really made an improvement in my learning. So now I'm like trying to feel around for, uh, I think I'm going to try and learn another language. Oh, wow. I want to do that, too. Like, I actually did at one point get the language program. What's that language program? Duolingo. Du I got Duolingo, and I was trying to learn Japanese. So, yeah. Did it for four days, and then the push <laughs> notification started coming on, and I was, like, deleting this yeah. app. I'm tired of the push notification. You're like, Domo yeah, Origato, where have you been, Mr. Roboto? Yeah, I wanted to learn Japanese so I could they're, watch... They're notoriously annoying. I fucking hate doing those notifications. What do you use? Are you going to use Rosetta Stone? Uh, no, no. So, I've been using this like flashcard program called Anki. A-N-K-I. And... That's the Japanese word for memory, by the way. Little fun fact. Uh huh. I've been using this flashcard program, and I've just been kind of feeling out the waters, just testing to see if it's effective. And with it, I memorized a bunch of new English words. I memorized, uh, I think, 15 elements on the periodic table, and I memorized a bunch of countries and their capitals, all in the span of like two and a half a week. So it's been really effective. So maybe two months, but yeah, 
it's been really effective at helping me learn shit. You kind of need to put the effort in to go out and read some stuff and then write them down in the flashcards, but that's never really been a problem for me. <sighs> I want to yeah, learn I, Japan. I'm, I'm now I'm on Rosetta Stone's site. My, honestly, I mean, I, I can't see uh, learning a language without doing some sort of like video call with somebody else that's immersion. trying to learn English. No, you need. There's I mean, no, they do. They do say you need to do immersion. Like, yeah, where you literally have to like. Yeah, you got to do. Pro- you got to produce the word with your mouth. Like, you can't just be like reading shit and then parroting it back. You gotta. I, you gotta I, think on the fly. I I was an I was an asshole for two years. Because everybody that told me they were going to learn a language on Duolingo, I told them they wouldn't. And I was right about it. <laughs> because I thought it was very silly to, and, and it's silly to treat somebody else's language like a thing that you can just learn, like it's a Candy Crush app. And, uh, that's just not how those things come about. And it's not a serious way to take it. It just makes Duolingo a lot of money. Not saying that it's not beneficial to people that are serious about learning language, but, there was just people around me that thought they were going to work a nine to five job and then on their break, just learn fucking Japanese out of nowhere. That's what like I was thinking. I would sit I, while I was walking. I would like, just yeah, just pick it up. Do like an hour or a half hour, 15 minutes of Japanese work. And then at some point I'd be watching wrestling without the English commentary. You know, I wanted to watch wrestling and understand what the Japanese commentators are saying. It says here, though, on the Rosetta Stone website, it says buy Japanese. So you're basically like buying the language. Yes, really. Upgrade. For $199, <laughs> a one-time $199 payment, you get... They shoot a chip into your head. <clears throat> you get lifetime Rosetta Stone with unlimited languages. Is really what Any, it says. It unlocks the key <laughs> to language. You can travel anywhere on the flat earth. Um, do you remember... They used to have Rosetta Stone in the middle of the mall. Yeah, it was middle was, of the mall shit. Yeah, oh, they yeah. were selling middle oh, of the yeah. mall. They would try to bring somebody in like, hey, are you willing to make $30, $30 a month payments to like open up your vocabulary? It's eleven ninety nine. okay? I guess I had to bring the price down. eleven ninety nine a month? Yeah. It was, yeah, it was 120 or something, I thought, overall, right? 199 for 199. unlimited languages for the li- That's rest a deal. of your fucking life. Two hundred, yeah, two hundred bucks. Unlimited. And you can languages. just talk to anybody you want now. Yeah, I mean, I feel like God before we die, within the middle next- of the mall shit, it God is damn. middle of the mall shit. <laughs> I think that before, I was like, that floods me with memories. Saying that, just like thinking of those kiosks. God damn, <laughs> they all sell junk. They're still there. I oh mean, yeah. Hope they might not be there when the pandemic's over. Yeah. Or I the imagine rent will be very cheap when the pandemic's over. If I was in the middle of the mall right now, I would be selling one of those UV lights that you can bake your phone in to kill all the bacteria i'd have those motherfuckers out on there three for 100 three for 100 i do you one for 53 for 100 not the two things that the middle of the mall's doing now you make cake the the two things you can get at the middle of the mall now is one you can buy a machine now like as a person you could buy a machine that'll do embroidery 
and put like initials on stuff and yeah. backpacks and shit. Uh, yes. There's people that have that machine. They like don't learn how to do embroidery. They just have a print on demand <laughs> embroidery machine. <laughs> Stick it in the machine. It's, it's like the perfect and also emulators, video game emulators. People yeah, are selling Raspberry Pis, basically. <laughs> Pre-COVID times, there was also this middle-of-the-mall person that I was so jealous of. They sold those squishy toys, which I was getting squishy squishy toys directly from China for $3 a piece. And they had them out for $12 and $15 a piece. And people were like, I want a watermelon cake squishy right fucking now. And I've got $11 to spare. Yeah, the squishy thing was so crazy to me because it really was like a, uh, um, they were junk and people were buying They're, them like crazy. It's a material and it's like, it's a dollar, it's a dollar store thing, but like having it on demand, if your kid wants it, it's like, I don't know, I'll give you $10 to make my kids stop crying is really how they get squishies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can also learn Irish, which I don't Gaelic? know if they even Park speak Mahone? that in Ireland. Do they speak it's Irish Sal in Wayne? Ireland? No, they don't speak Irish. I didn't think Gaelic. so. I thought they spoke they speak English. Irish? Well, it says Irish. No, it they speak Irish then. Buy Irish. So you can buy... Uh, but what I was going to say is, I think not only before we die, I, I bet by the time I'm 55, this is 15 years away, they will be able to like get the language in you. And you'll well, just start talking the language. Google Translate's pretty close. No, I'm saying that like they'll be able to like load it into your head. So you yeah. just then are well, just talking. You're basically what you're doing is you're speaking English in your brain, but it's coming out in the other language. I, I think that's going to happen. I would say that with Bluetooth technology right now somebody could speak a different language and you could have english piped into your head yeah i know and they could have their thing yes translated and piped into you their hold, head you hold the phone in front of you and it picks it up and translates it on the fly we're there i mean shit even google like, translate like i know i get all the japanese snacks and i pull up google translate and you can just hold it in front of the package and it live translates everything. The name of it, what's inside of it. Like, you can look at all that stuff. Holy shit. That's yeah. so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Oh, man. It's I neat. can't wait till I can speak Japanese just because technology made mm -hmm. it so I can speak Japanese. Not because of something I did. <laughs> right. Or worked really hard on. I can just... Because, like, that's one of the things that's about going to a country. Because if I leave this country, it's... Well, it's probably going to be to go to Canada to be totally honest or Mexico. But if I do leave the place I want to go is Japan. Like I really want to go there, but I do worry about not speaking Japanese there. Oh, you'd feel so ashamed. You'd learn it quick. Right. I would feel so ashamed. Have anxiety. Like I wasn't going to move. I wouldn't move there. I just want to go visit for like a week or two. And like, yeah, I would have, so much anxiety about people being mad at me because I can't speak Japanese. You also, like, you have to under, like, you don't have to know Japanese to, to visit Japan. Most places, a lot of, too many places know English. Like, we're the dummies. Like, everybody accommodates us stupid people. Well, yeah, but I mean, they can speak when English. people come over here and can't speak if they want to make money, they, they speak English. Sure. When people come over here and can't speak English, though, like, 
I am understanding of it and I'm cool with it. You know what I mean? But like, there are people that get pretty hot about it. And I'm sure that becomes a very difficult thing when you're visiting here and don't speak English. And I assume that in Japan, people would also like find it difficult. I would feel like they would find it difficult to deal with me as a, you know what I mean? Like I would be like, like I come fucking strolling into your convenience store <laughs> and I'm pocket fucking full of money on vacation, pocket full of money on vacation. Uh, uh, and, and I'm pulling shit out of my pot. I'm like pulling shit off the shelves and saying like, you know, what is this? You know what I mean? Like not knowing what yeah. a lot of stuff is. Squid? Is that squid? Yeah. What, what's this? What, what are we doing here? Lychee. Yeah. Where are the, what's that? Yuzu. Where's the Yuzu? Because <laughs> yeah. I just sit over there and eat Yuzu all day. Green tea Kit Kat. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, I, a, a person that works at the, now I don't know what, what, sort of what they pay people and service positions in Japan, but I'm just going to assume that they do it exactly like they do here. And, and they, they don't make very much money. Right. And like, uh, uh, just having to deal with any adversity is like that person's a pain in the ass. You know what I mean? That's how I always felt when I worked for the cable company and I had to get shit done. Any sort of adversity I'm on, in this social interaction was like, uh, Oh fuck my day's ruined. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you are a person that would be able to find a a bad situation on the other side of the world. I would. You're you're an expert at that. Just (laughs) Just imagine you're in another place and it's bad too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So in this, on this note, I had like a, a weird shirt idea. Maybe I can run it by you guys. If you guys are, uh, cultural uh, expert, love weird shirts, intelligent people like that. We do like weird shirts. I just uh, saw one a minute ago. I'm addicted to shirts. I I I I, re- I really can't stop buying them. So I I had this idea because the other day I saw that um, an online gun store was selling targets on Amazon of like uh like Antifa soldiers. Ah, uh, um, yeah, that makes sense. And. Well, and, you know, part of me really hopes that, like, some just, like, regular uh, gun store, like, saw this and just, like, you know, it's just making their nut selling, you know, just, like, another fucking stupid 10-cent target to, like, sort of foam at the mouth chug for $2 a target. Oh, I know. I love the idea of them getting police. But, so, my, my thought was, like, because they're not letting people into, uh, or letting Americans, people from the United States, from, to, into other countries because our COVID shit is so bad. I feel like you could totally sell these people shirts that just say the word American on them, and then like a target, <laughs> like 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 you're asking <laughs> to be attacked or something. Because I feel like that really fits into a lot of people's mo no i'm I'm with you i think that we can get the ball rolling on this i'm thinking something like banned and proud you know like like my like a picture of a passport my freedoms aren't accepted anywhere in this world except for the united states of america i got it i got a picture of a passport that's on fire yeah okay 
and then something <laughs> at the top that's just like you know yeah uh quarantined and proud or something or like uh 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 banned in every country yeah something yeah something about freedom or something like that on there too if you could get a the word freedom somewhere in there people would love it you know you maybe just write the word freedom next to the burning passport they'll get it but a burning passport is the is yeah like <laughs> That's a shirt right there. The, the, the burning passport is is pretty killer. Uh, I I just like I just love the idea of like you know borders opening back up. The, the vaccine's been the vaccine's been like given out to everyone. The world sort of after maybe what I assume is going to be two years of this process or even longer. Uh, I just imagine you know middle class dad. Going off to like going off to Canada or some shit, wearing that and just looking a complete oh, looking like a complete oh, it's like it warms my heart almost. Yeah, coming out of the haze, and then you see that shirt ten years down the line. It's like I'm not going to get rid of it. It's like a good shirt, you know. But I, I'm still proud that we were <laughs> yeah. we were banned in every country. You know, I'm yeah, proud. they would love it. I'm proud of how free we live. Oh, oh yeah. Even just a shirt freedom that said so strong, yeah. it's banned all over the world. Even just a shirt that said something like <laughs> "American Unmasked," yeah, would fucking make so oh. much goddamn money, man. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. It's bold. It is. If I uh, is. if I get this shit to uh, virally sell. Uh, I'll cut you guys in on the process. Hey, man, yeah, you're, you're it, yeah. a critical part of the storyboarding process <laughs> right now. I mean, I mean, you know what? It, it's a t-shirt at yeah. the end of the day, and we can grift the shit out of them. Just direct the funds in the right way, and, and uh, I'm totally down for the cause. Taking their money. That is right. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, have a good night. It was, it was very fun. That is very yeah, smart. Yeah, you too. Yeah. It's a way to go. Keep uh, Keep reading, man. Okay. The rest of I I I will keep reading. It's not a hobby though. It's it's, a, I, it's, it's, a obli- fucking, it's an obligation. Exactly like watching TV. It's a it's passive like, activity to just until your brain cuts off. Yeah, it's like one of the things you do when you're sitting around waiting to die. You know what I mean? Like we have it's time like, uh, on this planet where stuff's not happening, you know, we're not, you know, I'm not a, I'm not doing a podcast. I'm not doing any kind of wild stuff at this moment. Internet's Um, had its peak for the day. You've done enough internet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, yeah, that's another thing I like about it is that it's reading without response. Without There's there's not a notification coming up top that says, you know, Valtteri Botas just changed the qualifying order. There's nothing that says like Hillary Clinton just did an epic dunk on a Joe Biden tweet or something. Yeah, yeah. No, there's none of that stuff. It just is really like whatever the book is. And now it seems like I'm just into like scene report books. You know what I mean? That are They're just good. like I mean you should I, I always think that it's weird that you feel that there is some sort of level of reading that is acceptable or not, because I long ago realized that like if you're burying your nose in a book, it doesn't matter what it is. And you absolutely should only read the stuff you like. I get out of so many books. There's so many quarter read books, half read books where I'm just like, this isn't, I'm not interested in this. I don't want to come back to this. And if you find the stuff you like, I think that's what you should read. Like, I, I think it's a great, 
it's a great way to spend your time. Like it's beneficial. It is. I, I'm. I don't think it's, it's a hobby. You're wrong. a hobby. You're a hobbyist. I don't think it's wrong to read the books that I'm reading. You're a hobbyist. And I, I have read. I mean, I, I don't like. But reading. the scene books, the scene books are so good. Yeah, yeah. It's informative. I mean, the, just doing what we do. Uh, a lot of social media is. Uh, I am looking at how people respond to things more than anything. Yeah. Well, like, the I, I don't, books- I, I don't spend a lot of time on my own entertainment. I like to see how the audience or how the crowd or how people react to the entertainment around them. Like that's more informative to me and way more interesting sometimes than sitting down and like watching a movie or watching some sort of creative endeavor. Yeah. I think that's the thing about reading a book is that like, it is a way to entertain yourself without a bunch of things. I mean, most of what I like, most of what entertains me is basically screaming and flashing lights. Yeah. You know what I like? Those are the things Books. that I usually like aggressive, you know, just in your face and books are they, a time for me to be like, oh, it's like really quiet right now. And I'm just focused on this thing. I I mean, I don't see things in my head when I read. I just see the words. It's basically when I read a book, it's like somebody is sitting next to me telling me the words from they're just saying the you're words. You're just from practicing the book. saying the words. No, it's just, I don't see pictures. I don't, like, perceive what's happening in the book. I don't think about what anybody looks like in the book at all. Like, I never would even consider that. I just know, like, okay, well, this person's blonde. They're six feet tall. Uh, uh, You know, whatever the descriptors are, I think of those words. But I never put them to a figure and like have an idea. So like when they make a movie out of a book that I've read, I don't have like any preconceived notions about what the characters are supposed to look like. Cause I never see them period. It's like yeah. my style of reading a book or the way that I perceive and take in books are actually like you telling me a story. And that's yeah. just, there's no, it's not like re- watching a movie to me. So it's very relaxing. Yeah. I'm too fucking hammered <laughs> to respond to that. That's a lot. <laughs> what? I, 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 the concept a- of books that I have is absolutely not related to anything that you just fucking said. What do you see when you read a book? I fill in all the details. I got like a whole dance going on. Like everything is inside my mind. Like I'm seeing it happening. Oh, like I, I just let it over until I eventually go. That's I do, the, the, like zonk out. That's what I wish. I that's what I wish. I really feel like the way I read books is like absorbing information. Big nothing on the chat says they have no imagination at all. Yeah, wow. Well. They said they're no imagination gang. None, none. Because that's the way I feel. I. It's not that I don't have a. I don't have an imagination. Because you know what? Even when I think. So, like, we're writing this TV show, and in theory, there could be a whole bunch of fantastical stuff on a TV show. You could create any world you want to. And the only world that I've created while writing this show is, like, workplaces and, like, you know. The break room that you used to go to. Yeah, like, 
oh, we could film this downtown. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think of like, I don't know what a fantastical world would even look like. That's probably why when we were in Arizona, I would like openly giggle at the cactuses because I thought they looked so funny. Yeah. I never imagined that I'd be somewhere where there was a cactus. Cartoonish. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah, I thought they were hilarious, dude. All right, next call. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Jump in. You might not get in, so you'll see. Oh, shit. Is this, is this me? This is you. You know. You yep. would know. We got you. You can hear me okay? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, awesome. Yo, this is, uh, this is Donovan from uh, Radio Free Toad Bag. Uh, Brett came on our show. Oh, hell yeah. Know? Hell yeah. All right. Yeah, that was a great show. I got to go on and talk about relationship advice. It was fun, uh, interesting. I got to answer a lot of questions. They do uh, Q and A stuff about oh, dating and relationships and all of that, and it was cool. It was a lot of fun. I got to an- I got to answer and say things that I don't get to normally, but I would love to like have the opportunity to do. Because uh, your partner on the radio has only dated one woman as an adult. <laughs> yeah, and. You know, <laughs> I'm I'm a wifey guy. I'm pretty monogamous, we, but I've dated and done other. I've had a little bit more experience. It took me a while to find my one and only. But yeah, you're you've pretty much dialed it in. I have never dated. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I had like three girlfriends before I got married. High school doesn't count. Exactly. So, uh, my I got together with my wife when I was 19 years old. Yeah, I mean, we both. We turned 21 together. You know what I mean? That's hard to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, you know, we're happy. We have a good time. It's like, but it's like, uh, 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 I can give advice on how to be married for a yeah. very long time. How to put I mean, listen. I can give great monogamy <laughs> advice because monogamy is my middle name. You know, oh, I didn't know that. There's been all no- these years and I. Yeah, I thought you just didn't have a middle name, really. I you know, you, I have a middle. You were name. Brian Quinby. Oh, yeah, you're. Yeah, I'm a bear. I I'm humiliated by. It. I'll say <laughs> Brian I don't care. Monogamy Quinby. Yeah, that yeah. Bring to it. No, P- BM Quinby is cool. Well, no, Brett, I, you were great coming on, and I, I really appreciated you coming on. I, I'd describe us as like love line, except for we're not fucking misogynist. Oh, I was going to yeah, say because I've uh, been listening to a lot you know, of love we, line. A little and- less making fun of people and more giving advice. Yeah, I'm sorry. What'd you say? I've been listening to a lot of Love Line lately, and let me tell you, that show's fucking dark. <laughs> like, oof. Yeah, like it does. It, it's wild because they alternate. Sometimes they have moments where they give very thoughtful, heartfelt advice, and then sometimes you know it's somebody who's been abused or something, and they have kind of a bit that they they always ask them where their dad is, and they're like, dude, that's just. Like, you're holding a lot of responsibility on this nationwide radio program, and you're basically, like, harassing 15-year-olds, you know, over having shitty childhood. That is really what what it is. You know, that's what got me into podcasting, and then eventually I was like, oh, this is really fucked. I should make something better than that. Yeah, that kind of stuff is hard, though. Like, I think, like, uh, uh, it's hard to know that the shows are are bad i guess you know like uh when i was listening to it now when i listen to because i didn't have a connection with loveline 
right? Like I watched it on TV a few times. Right. At the time, I thought it was sort of an edgy show. But like as I'm as I'm listening to it now, it's like to to gamble on what the manner of abuse a, a 19 year old that's dating a 35 year old has endured in their life is and by the way i mean i don't know if this still goes on now back then there was so there were at three to four calls on every show of somebody being like hi i'm 16 and i'm dating a uh a 35 year old married man and you're like what the, like, that sounds they like medieval. Well, they screened for that. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, well, that's, yeah. that's how you end up on the air. Yeah. I mean, you have to remember, that was a huge cultural phenomenon. And uh, But I'm saying how, how many people possibly, like, it, it, the amount of people that they're able to get. Of course, they're looking for that, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like anybody that, that calls and says that gets moved to the front of the line. It was very easy to make the most sensational things happen. But at the same time, also just be incredibly like backwards and conservative, like with Dr. Drew and, you know, homophobia and just oh, weird, God. weird transphobia and all that stuff. Like th they fucked up everything so bad in the name of entertainment. You know, I like I can imagine Gen Z and people of the future someday, you know, making sense of sexual trauma and having a good time and a funny thing about it. But they certainly did it in the most worst possible way. Like that they just capitalized on it and made it into a sensationalist TV show. It and, was awful. And a lot of those things they said again, like the thing I heard the other day was this girl, she's 14 years old. She calls in and the first thing she says is like, okay, I'm 14 years old and I'm bisexual. And then like Dr. Drew like groans and then asks her like what happened to her oh, in her childhood God. to become bisexual. And like, <laughs> look, I listened to a lot of bad stuff, but that show, I listened to like Opie and Anthony and yeah. Howard Stern and all that the, stuff all day. Don Imus, like horrible, Don racist, Imus. gross Awful opinions. And I thought these guys, I think, I don't know what I thought I was getting listening to it, but I didn't feel like they were in the same league as I, I didn't think love line was in the same league as Opie and Anthony, sure. right? Uh, uh, or Howard Stern or stuff like that. And, or I miss like, I didn't no, think they were in the same class, but they are, they're worse. Yeah, they they're like awful. worse because they're they're coming out and saying that they have they're coming out and saying like oh we're here to help we're here to help people out and shit like that but we're also here to entertain but it's also like um but it's also like that the stuff that you're entertaining people with is like you're you're supposed to like be giving advice and a fucking doctor or a professional or a caseworker should have stepped into that 14 year old's life Right. Like they should not have ever made it through the queue on a nationally syndicated fucking radio show and then television show. Exactly. It's it's crazy what was going on back then on the and radio. And instead they got a doctor, like you guys are saying, gambling on whether somebody has like a fucked up past with their family. And that's just shitty. And yeah. the other thing is like I said, there's moments where they are good though, and you can tell that they're capable of like empathetic good advice. But then the same episode, like, they'll fall back into this shit. It's just like, what are you doing? Like, how do you not realize how fucked that is? Yeah. I don't know why that's that. unfortunate. Because, again, I mean, that was the only shock jock show I really listened to. 
uh, I've been listening to a ton of Sharktober, and I realized like that was really the only thing besides my dad having like stern on in the car. And once I kind of put together like, oh, this is in the same wheelhouse as this. Now I'm going back and I'm like, damn, this is substantially, uh, substantially more, more morally bankrupt than, than I remembered, unfortunately. Right. You don't turn on Opie and Anthony and think you're getting news or good information. You know what I right. mean? You're turning them on just to giggle yeah. and laugh and stuff. Well, essentially you're doing the same thing. For Loveline, and people can be like, "Oh, well, the listeners call in and they know it's entertainment." Not a fourteen-year-old. No. They absolutely don't. They're talking to adults, especially back then. Yeah, they're talking to adults. There was no, there was not a lot of especially outlets back then with no like, right, no Reddit or like any kind of forum to connect with people who are similar. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just wild to me. Yeah, but the it concept is. there, I, I really like, and also just trying to make light. Especially of, of stuff that just, like, we talk a lot about, uh, my co-host, male sex toys, we'll do, like, little reviews on that sort of thing, because that's something that's kind of stigmatized, uh, you know, or, or just different fetishes and stuff that gets kind of pushed aside as, like, a joke, and we'll make jokes, but, like, we're not going to attack a person, and we will give, like, honest, you know, as best we can, good advice. Um, I'm just surprised there's not something like that at a bigger level. I mean, hey, it can't. maybe it could be me. If you're out there and you're like, yeah, something like that should exist, you can listen to me at RadioFreeToastEggs.PodiumDotCo. We're pretty decent. But I'm saying, I'm surprised, like, since then, nothing has come out on, like, a national scale that that is just good advice because people, people would still call into that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I you know, we're just not in the landscape anymore where uh, those kind of contracts can be had. Uh, it's kind of all just podcasting at this point. You know, Dan Savage, I guess, had a, a good column going for a long time, but has his own problems, uh, as everybody knows. But uh, yeah, I mean, we, we really do need to have something more open and honest and that is more public and, uh, addresses all of those things out loud because, uh, we still are living in the darkness when it comes to uh, a lot of, uh, you know, sexual expressions or ideas and, uh, you know, there's still like homophobia and that's running rampant through guy, guy culture and, and macho shit. And, you know, uh, oh, yeah. you know, it was, it was fun to talk to you. It was fun to talk to you all on the show. And I, and I appreciate your perspective, uh, in, in changing those things. And I, I was comfortable. I, I really loved it. I'm glad we had, uh, we had Jake Florence on there too, the, the week before you actually, if anybody's interested, uh, check that out. My my main reason for calling, I guess I had two points, but Brian, I got to tell you, my, my girlfriend has been doing a lot of the walking to kind of deal with anxiety throughout this, and she's coming for you, man. She got like 39,000 steps yesterday because I got her listening to you guys, and she heard your numbers, and she was like, I have to beat Brian. So oh, she, she might be on your heels soon. Good luck. I mean, I got to tell you, though, I... I uh... <laughs> I have four days in the last week with fifty thousand. Pacer, it's the Pacer app. Get a hold Jesus of us. Christ. We'll, we'll we'll send you the link to the Pacer <laughs> app group, and you can go one on one with Brian. Yeah, you you actually can. There is yeah, the app called Pacer is the one I use, and there's a Street Fight group on the Pacer app that you can search, and you can see my. You can see where I'm at every day. And, and like, it also has a ranking oh my system. God. 
<laughs> You're going to have to walk in from like Vegas to LA at that point, man. I want to do something like that though. Like that is something if I could figure out a way for the show to get done and all of that stuff, I, I really do want to do like an extreme walk, you know, like a very extreme one, like across state lines and shit, you know? Like yeah. that's a goal of you mine can someday. Raise money with something like that. Yeah, that's a goal someday. I would love the. I want to. I want to ride a. I want to get a trailer that is attached to a bike, and you will walk, and I will ride the bike ahead of you and meet you at the the stop point. Yeah, and then we'll plug in and we'll have a place to stay. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, but there will be whole spots where you can't do that, right? Like yeah, when, we'll, if you're we'll walking. Across the country, yeah, there, some of them are gonna be some pretty desolate areas. Yeah, so we would yeah. drink our own pee. I wouldn't drink my own pee. I would bring enough supplies. That's what I'm saying. I would drink my own pee. Just a thing I easier. A thing I would love if if someday somebody gave me money and said, uh, "Hey, if you uh, if you walk from Maine to L.A. Uh, and interview people." along the way that are in cities and film it like a TV show. I would very much do that, but I'd have to get paid a lot because I would also have to see my family. So I would have to like, be able to get them to me. They have to come with you. They don't have to come with me, but I have to be able to get them to me. You have like a wagon kind of tow, tow the family along with you. Yeah. Well, that rickshaw tour of America where you bring your whole family with you. I mean, I just, I don't want to be away from my wife. I think to walk, I think to walk all the way across the country, that would take like months. Yeah, you have to do it. Mike Posner did it. And I think it took a whole year. Oh, Mike Posner? Is he he a singer? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How did he do it? Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, he went for it. He had one song that hit and was like, well, if I got the time. In the money, I'm just going to try to walk across the country. I would do that. I would idea. totally do it in a second. <laughs> I could get like, I could get 30 miles a day f- for sure. Like, I think I could, I, I could make sure to get, I know I could get 30 miles a day easily because I get up around 27 miles regularly. Okay. But if you're pushing it, uh, but uh, dude, this week, people are going to also, you got to think about it. There's going to be like local celebrities that are going to be like running next to you and they're going to hand you like a famous corn dog or something that's covered in chili peppers and shit. That's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get like people are going to just like bring you buckets of Gatorade to drink. Oh, and caramellos. Yes. Everyone's, yeah, everyone's going to have a caramello to hand you to, to make it to the next leg. I mean, because like basically <laughs> if I got up at, so here's what I've been thinking about doing one day, probably in, October or November. Okay. I'm going to get up at eight in the morning. Wow. And I'm going to start walking. Whoa. And I'm going to stop at midnight. And see where you end up? See how oh. how many miles, you how many back? steps. Are you doing an out and back or are you just going to have out somebody back pick you up? Somehow. I mean, it's pretty easy once you get to a, like the reason for counting steps, the thing that helps really with counting steps is that like, if you're going to do a long walk and you're going to want to end up at home, you, you go out till you're halfway yeah, to the number you want. And then you just kind of figure out your way back home. Okay. And then you get 
the amount that your goal is. But like, I have gotten to a point now where if I get up at the time that I regularly get up, then there isn't like, there's no possible way to get much more than my record, which is 66,000 steps there. It, the time runs out. Yeah. Like we're going to get the clock. You, you, cause at midnight, it all flips back over. Have you thought about running before? I don't want to. I'm miserable when I run. I am jogging, like, just a little jog. I mean, I have considered like, what if I jogged as far as I could at the beginning of a walk and then just walk the rest of the way? I have considered that. Okay. Like, and seeing how much longer I could get it to go. Right. But like, I hate running. I hate it so much. I can, I, I don't like any of the feelings you get from running. Wow. It stresses me out, dude. Like, there's nothing about, relaxing about running to me. But when I think about the mileage covered, I think about walking and spending all that time, and, like, it's such a waste of time to spend so all that time to do little mileage. Because, like, if I run for three miles, like, I have to, like, where do I run to next? Do I have to run on the freeway? Like, you, like it becomes, the world becomes very small when you're running through it. I feel like. Yeah, that might be true. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I don't really even know what this distance is. I don't know what my goal even is at this point. Yeah, you have to you have to really dial it in. Like before the end of the year, I would like to get 75,000 steps in one day. That is what I want to do. And that's why I said sometime in like cuz I usually get the most in like October and November because the weather's better, you know? Uh, yeah. And like that, because when it's like 60 degrees out, dude, I can just be out there. When I can wear a hoodie comfortably, not 60, when I can wear a hoodie comfortably outside while I'm walking, that's like top level. I will just spend forever doing it. Yeah. You know? So well, actually, I was we'll just. We'll do it. I'm going to get it. We'll get you a rickshaw or me a, a trailer for my bike. Yeah, actually, I was just saying, I was just looking at it yesterday and like you can look at your averages over time. Like, so for my average for seven days is 47,000 steps. That's like my average. But for 30 days, it's usually way lower. And right now it's 39,365 for six months. It's 32,000, which is fucking crazy because yeah, I toured in that big. six months. Yeah. And then in one year, it's almost 30,000. So it's like, I mean, there are, there are months where I wasn't even able to go or there are weeks, whole weeks where I got nothing because we were on tour, you know, yeah. included in that year or six months. So. Yeah. That's something. So <laughs> I I just hijacked this whole thing, didn't I? What do you call in for? Oh, you're 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 good. I was calling one to tell Brian that and cause uh my girlfriend and I moved from Portland to Cincinnati with my cat and then I just got out to Chicago. We were listening to the street fight for a whole lot this was like right when COVID was hitting. It was a really anxiety filled drive. We listened to I don't know how many hours of street fight, but she loves you guys now. Great. And, uh, she kept bringing up the walking thing because she, she walks all the time. And, uh, so I don't know. Your numbers are higher than I quoted to her, though, based off the last episode. 
So when she listens to this, whenever you guys put this out, it might be it might be a little intimidating. <laughs> oh, no, I'm a, little, just, I'm a little concerned. Yeah, 39k yeah. is a lot, though, man. I, I I'm tired it's after impressive. that. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm I get like 10, 10 or fifteen on a good day. Yeah, I mean that's what I started with, though. It's like the reason, one of the main reasons I do this now is because one day my wife was doing a thing for work where they were trying to get 10,000 steps a day. And I was like, shit, I can do that. And then I, of <laughs> course, didn't just go for 10. I went for 20 because I was like, I can double that, you know? And then just like, once right. I got 20, I was like, oh man, what if I got 30? That would be crazy. And I got 30. And once I got to 30, I was like, what if I got 40? And then now it's just like, every time I get, an achievement or some level that I think is impossible. I want 10,000 more. So that's what ends up. That's why I'm going to end up running one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> running down the street. There's, there's gotta be a, a wall there at some point, a number of steps. Well, that, that was, that was my, my main thing for Colin. All uh, right. I also just wanted to say, Brian, I know I talked to you a little bit on, on Twitter. I know you've been dealing with a lot of anxiety stuff, which I feel very fucking strongly uh, during this. But like, I'd love to talk to you about relationship stuff too. Uh, if you, yeah. you know, if you ever got the time for it. And, uh, the fact that you've been in a relationship for a long time, like that, that's a good thing. It's like to have that perspective on our show, uh, where I, I don't know, most of our guests, I don't think I've been in relationships that that long. That's like a perspective we don't we don't get a whole lot. So yeah, I think that'd be rad. Anytime. And my uh, my final request for you. I think I messaged you about this. If you do the Love Line Shocktober episode, and you're like, I want uh, a guest who's 28 but sounds like he's 55 and has smoked a million packs <laughs> of cigarettes, I'd love to be that person. I really want to talk about David Allen Greer, who I think is the best guest on that show, and. uh uh, I don't know some of the some of the aspects we talked about a little bit, but that's what got me into podcasting. That's, my enthusiasm is there, but uh, regardless, I, I love you guys. You've been helping out a lot of people through uh, Roni. I, I know that for sure. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, and I, I will keep that in mind for when we're setting this. We're not in the spot yet where we're even figuring out guests. It's uh, like it's it's one of those things where like uh, I have to listen to like so much of it that i just start a month or, or two months early so i spend like a month and a half just only listening to it so i i mean i mean i always oh, go yeah. for a fan of the show so uh, i will definitely i will definitely keep that in mind this is this is my humble application i appreciate <laughs> it i was working no a problem. shitty data job in la and this is mid like late uh 2010s and I, I made it through most of the episodes, man, just like going through the backlog of, of old. There's so much shit out there. Yeah, there is. There's, there's a lot of episodes. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm spending a lot of time with Loveline lately. It's, it's a big commitment. Well, I, I don't want to hold the uh, lines up for you guys. Do you mind if I plug the show? I think I mentioned it two times, but I'm like, I'm going to keep throwing it out into the world the best I can. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, uh, so radiofreetote.podient.co. Our Twitter's at RFPBpod. Uh, I'm like at 
RFTB Dono on there. I'm Donovan Air is my name. The only one in the entire world, apparently. E-Y-R-E. If you're interested in that kind of thing, uh, look us up. We're pretty cool. And uh, also shout out to my girlfriend, Abigail, because she's going to get a kick out of this. Hi, Abigail. Yeah, just message me and I will uh, <laughs> message me when you're ready. And to if, message me if you're ready to have me on and I will make time for you. I really appreciate it, man. No worries on, on uh, you know, time frame or anything, but I'll, I'll hit you up. Okay. Thank you guys again. It's been, it's been rad being on here. This is kind of surreal. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Peace. Peace. This is last one. Last call. All right. Last call. Radio for radio free to tote bag was a good show. I did enjoy doing it and uh, they have a lot of great stuff on there. If you want to hear, it looks like the B man's going to be doing it. I listen to, there are some mainstream advice shows and shows that do relationship stuff. And even though it's completely unrelated to my life, I do like to hear some of that stuff. I think it like scratches an itch. So, I mean, I know why people liked Loveline. When I'm listening to Loveline, I'm like, oh, I get why people like it. Radio Free Tote Bag, it's guys, but they're like queer friendly and uh, it's not really like anything that would turn you off. It was a lot of fun. It was way different, you know, Yeah. than what we had, than Loveline and shit like that. Right on. Or fucking Sex in the City, that horse shit. All right. Last call to end them all. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, it's Matt. How you doing? Pretty well. Hey, what's up, Matt? How's it going? Oh man, uh, I called in a couple of weeks ago, but I was at I was at work. So, uh, but uh, uh, Brian, I, I I have to ask questions. I I'm loosely following this this Kia situation. I know it's sensitive, but I have <laughs> been triggered. No, it's fine. So so what what ex- can you just for for my sake? quick recap of the events like condense it down as fast as you can because i i'm trying to i'm trying to figure out where the fuck are we really there was a point where i just i kind of lost it but can we recap it like somewhat when you actually went to the dealership well i just went in and i told them we tried to go on vacation why yes i did i went on vacation to tennessee And uh, it was the Smoky Mountains, and uh, it it did not handle. My car was uh, kind of not accelerating correctly, and it wasn't. It it was there. It lost all of its power. It's having trouble getting up even the smallest hills, and it felt like it also wasn't shifting gears on time. So I basically mm-hmm. what I had to. I thought it was the transmission for. I mean, because I don't know anything about cars and I know that the transmission actually work, uh, does the shifting, but, uh, uh, it wasn't, oh, well, yeah, tra- if you were in Hills. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But it wasn't, uh, so they said it's your transmission. We have to replace the transmission. And I said, uh, I said, okay, how much is that going to cost? And they said $2,000. And then uh, for the 2000, once I got it, I got it back and it did exactly the same thing. It was perfect. 
uh, slow. It, it like wasn't accelerating fast and it wasn't doing anything. Uh, it wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. And it, there was no power. And it also even wasn't mm-hmm. shifting on time. So then uh, uh, I, I sent them, they sent me, a, I, you know, I kind of started trying to figure out where to go to get it fixed. They sent me a text and said to give them a review. So I gave them a review. And then once I gave them the review, uh, uh, they called me back and now they're fixing it They're They said the catalytic converter was uh, clogged and they're going to fix it for free. And that's uh, where I'm at it's a now. It's goodwill okay. repair. Yeah, it's a goodwill repair, they call it. Uh-huh. They're trying so, to. So it's in the shop still. Yeah, it is still in the shop right now. I think it'll probably get back this week. They they did say, uh, uh, I mean, they did say it was going to take a few days to get the catalytic converter in. So I assume it's going to be back this week sometime. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So I guess I'm somewhere along the lines. Maybe I just got confused. I thought that they were trying to charge you more. Nah, not now. No, they 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 got out of that they they got, I got out of that they got enough they just want to make it right i think that is really what it is they're it's, like okay we got two grand we got two grand uh, we don't want a bad facebook review what can we do to, to not make that happen which is really really reactionary to me like you would not expect a company to react like that to me it's just like who cares <laughs> how many times does a person go back well, to a car well, dealership you know, who cares if you've lost me as a customer? Yeah. Well, I mean, no, it is reactionary. You know, they, that's exactly, that would be what I would have picked up on too. And that would have, it would have been a gigantic red flag for me. It's like, Oh, Holy shit. Like, you know, I mean, I got a car that was like a a dealership did some, some same bullshit. It was like, Oh, I was going to buy a car for my uncle. And, uh, I was just going to basically pay for whatever he owed on it, you know, from him. And, uh, I, I happened to look online, like I didn't do a full, like VIN check or whatever, but, um, I, I saw a picture of that car that I currently own, um, with a smashed front end, like front, like front end, like smashed in, like it had been in a collision. So I mentioned it to him and he was like, what? And so he goes down to the dealership. That dealership bought the car back from him in that moment. Really? Like, yeah, why do they do does that? Why they are so yes, susceptible? Because it was because they fucking sold him some bullshit, and and then like so I still wanted to buy the car. I didn't care. I was just like he kind of made that rash decision because he was all pissed off. But that was so. It, it does happen. Like I don't know. I, I think that like you're right to stay on him. I mean, you're in it for two grand now. He and didn't stay on him. He was passive. Like, like the funny thing about it is that he was passive the entire time, and literally the only thing he had to I use know. was like Facebook clout, like which I don't have. I but well, I, I mean, but, but I you think do what you got to do. But I mean, I, I think it call like, in about like, all of these companies are pushing Facebook and Google and these online atmospheres as being very important, and I feel like that pushed you to the top of the thing. Like every most other people just get screwed over and don't can't write a bad review about it or don't write a bad review about it and just go on their day, you know. It's like if if people buy a piece of shit car and then they feel like they got fucked over and they don't come back, 
But if someone comes all the way back, you're just like, let me buy the car because I don't want to, I don't have this on my fucking record, you know? Yeah. Just, I, I guess like I, I, I can't figure out why, I guess for me, I just can't figure out why you would, they would care at all because they're not going to get repeat business from me. I'm obviously not going to come they're back. They're trying for that. Yeah. But who does that? Who? Who would, in their right mind, take a car to the dealership to get fixed a third time? You know, and also who? <laughs> well, who? How many cars do do I buy? Not many. One every like five, six years. I'm not like a guaranteed. I'm not gonna go fucking back there. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna go back to this Kia place. I might say to somebody like, "Hey, well, they made this thing right." You know what I mean? They made it. They, you know, if somebody was saying, I'm going to go buy a car from this killer Kia dealership, I would be like, oh, oh, yeah, I did business with them. And like, it's a little wonky. But in the end, they really took care of me. But that's not going to fucking happen ever. I'm not going to do that. You know, I probably won't even review them. Yeah, you're not going to give them. They're not going to. They didn't well, earn yeah. a positive review. I don't think so. We always buy on feelings. Yeah. Um, you know, this is an interesting, this is an interesting topic for me. I have, I have experience not specifically with dealing with car dealership people. I feel like that's the, another, that's, an, that's the next level for me, for me is to deal with this, what you're going through now. Um, in terms of this thing where we all like, we have this, like, it's the, Basically, we can all like as consumers do this, and, and we can all we do have to do is be nice, but you know, nice but firm, really. It's and and there's a there's something to be said about the way the, the approach that you're having, Brian. That's like I think is good um, because it will get you like it will get you something like. But the the ultimate like thing that you have to remember, and this is what I learned over many times of calling into wherever, you know, like Verizon or AT&T or uh, wherever, uh, Apple store, fucking Genius Bar, those fuckers. I got a great story. I got a great story about Genius Bar. I got a great story about um, most recently Verizon. Um, I've got, and it all comes down to um, just knowing what you want and like that, what it's going to take for you to get off the phone or to leave the place. And it's not about being pissy and mean. It's about being just, if you go in there all, oh, fucking, sorry, uh, what was it? Hopping that, pissing that, spitting that. Spittin if you go mad. in there all spitting, spitting, spitting mad, uh, you know, people do get turned off right away, you know, and that's, they're going to want, you might, you're probably not going to get, like, there is something to be said about people that, like, just get, they, oh, that, that they seem to get the, what they want because they're shitty and they just, yeah. like, managers just want to just, okay, just fucking give them what they want. But the, the real people that, like, get fucking, like, the real good stuff that's, like, they don't, they're not getting it all the fucking time. It's the people that are really getting fucked over, which it sounds like, it sounds like the fucking the definition. I mean, obviously, the car wasn't fucking right. So you watered in and you were dead honest with them. Like, hey, this is not running right you know, or whatever. And it's doing this. When I do this, they probably ask you some questions. Okay. And then you signed your sign a paper and then you dropped off your fucking car. 
And the reality is, is that it was still doing the thing that it was doing at the end. So you have, well, they warned me about it. Right. They warned yeah, me about it. Left, when they're like, this thing still drives like a piece of shit. It still drives like it. I don't think I, I really don't know what I, again, my theory is that they just took my word for it. Assuming that I don't look like a guy that knows about cars. I don't think. But I do think that there is. Well, a, well somebody driving like. Well, if you say if you say these things, did you say it drives like shit? Or did they? I did. I I said it's. Well, actually, I said it. It feels like it's not accelerating correctly, and it's not shifting gears when it's supposed to. Is is what I told them. No, my God, that's the that's the most sounding like you know what fucking cars is. Like you just what you just said, it's not accelerating correctly, and it doesn't feel like it's shifting gears. Do you know how much? more that sounds like what you know you're talking about than the average motherfucker actually did not is, think is like, about that actually but he's a hundred percent right that like it sort of sounds like i'm a guy that knows what i'm it's talking not, well, it's, about it's, it's it's correct well i mean it's like it's the way that they a technician would use the duck of logic to figure things out and they go through a certain line you know yeah. of of reasoning and to figure it out but you telling them that information is is great information okay customer says it's not accelerating right well if it's still not accelerating right and i've just charged the customer two fucking thousand dollars um what did i fucking just charge him for exactly Fuck that's how i felt too that's exactly how i felt too yeah yeah well and and see that the rage the rage comes in for me like there and it used to like just make me I, i would get nowhere or i wouldn't say anything and i would just hold resentment but now it's like i I have this ability to, it's really just a fucking waiting game. You're like the last time I was on the phone with Verizon three hours, like those fuckers <laughs> doing the COVID shit. It is true. So it what is, they did. So I was, you can put enough hours in to get your money back in almost any occasion, I well, guess. But also that's true. You also, but like you do hit a certain point and like, it's kind of hard to 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 convey this, but it's like the it's like Operation Ivy song knowledge, where it's like all I know is that I don't know nothing, right? Like what you're trying to convey mm. to this person is that like I don't know anything about this fucking vehicle, but I know that it's not shifting the same way that it did before. Yeah, like I'm not an expert opinion yeah. on any of this, but like it's not driving the way that anybody that would. Sit behind the wheel of the car and expect it to perform. Thank you. That's the way I thought about it too. And I also like remembered all of the times when I worked for a cable, when I worked for the cable company and I got to a house and the customer started telling me what was wrong with the, the cable. And I just like disregarded every last bit of it. It was just sort of like, you know, okay, like what's happening? And then they'd be like, well, my line's doing this and this and this. And you're like, no, like what is the thing that's not making you happy about this? I will fix that. Yeah. What do you want to see improved? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't. What do you want? And that's exactly what you, if you, if you're not getting what you want, Brian, and that's, that's, that's all it is. Yeah. It's as simple as it is. It's just what you described there from how you treated your customers. I mean, and it also feels good to get, Two thousand more dollars worth of work, which people are telling me that like two thousand dollars to get a catalytic converter replaced is crazy. Yeah, it's outrageous. 
But I think bundled with the transmission. Yeah, no, it's insane. But you know. bundled with the transmission, I think, is a good deal. I got my money's worth. That sounds like a Black Friday deal. <laughs> That's oh, true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, I mean, yeah, for sure. Somebody else doing the work, for sure. Two thousand out the door for a brand and new catalytic like, converter, on the hook, man. Yeah, and a transmission. Yeah, it seems like I got a good deal. You know, and just because of bad, Facebook. If it's still bad, like, look, hey, why look like you look? Just pay me, like pay me back for this car. Buy this motherfucker back from me. Yeah, maybe be ba- value or whatever. Like not trading value, like the whole fucking thing. And and then maybe I'll buy another car from you, or maybe I won't. But I don't want your piece of shit lemon anymore. Yeah, and walk the fuck out. There's yeah. more bad Facebook reviews to be written. Me. Okay, I'm not going to write another yeah. bad fit. I might even, d- let me be honest, I might write a good review when I'm done because I feel like they bought that, you know, for $4,000. Mm-hmm. Sure. sure. For f- 50% <laughs> it's off. It's all of- labor. Yeah. Yeah. For, but it, for all 50% depends on, it all depends off. on if that if that car feels like it does, like it's supposed to feel like to you. That's true, it's too. Gotta, you gotta, you're the motherfucking thing you're depending on, man. You're depending on it. Yeah, I'm just you nervous. Know, I'm nervous it's car. not fixed, you know? Yeah, let's see what happens. That's I, I know I don't even ooh, give myself ooh, room to ooh, think yeah. about it not shit. being fixed. Fucking Brian, say that exact sentence exactly to like the fucking service manager. Just say, I'm nervous it's not fixed. Yeah. And say that and say, because it's a feeling. That's a raw ass feeling. And if that motherfucker doesn't care about your feelings, you know, come on. Yeah. And then uh then you really got something going. Well see. Yeah, now yeah. we're at war. Well, hey, uh we're getting out of here now. So uh thank you for calling. Okay, okay. Was, I that was all I said my piece. All right. Thanks for calling. We appreciate it. Good night, guys. I Peace. gotta pee really bad. Like a racehorse. Like dude. Yes. Exactly like a racehorse. Thank you for listening to Street Fight Radio. That was the show. Uh it was a good one. Um please Very. support um, please support FedFam for Life. You can find them at FedFamForLife.org. F E D F A M, the number four, L I F dot org. And you can donate to the cause at FedFam for Life on Venmo. So please do that. Give critical support to the people that deserve it. And, uh, you know, we're going to have them back on. I, I think that was a good, uh, good call. Uh, happy to talk to Trey and get their input on what happened. Uh, I was surprised that we got to get so intimately into that national news story, but um, I, I think we'll do another show soon and uh, try to elevate more of what they're doing here over at FedFam for Life. That's FedFamForLife.org. We are Street Fight Radio. We will see you on Wednesday. Brian and I will yell at each other's faces about whatever's happening in the world, and you can watch it on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. On twitch.tv, we're slash Street Fight Radio. Everywhere else besides Twitch, we are Street Fight WCRS. So follow us, fuck with us, spread this mess across the U.S. We'll do our best to keep it blessed and keep it going. Uh, We'll see you on Wednesday. Peace.